1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earth Pack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. EarthPack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Our guest this week, pro surfer from Kauai who offers surf coaching and lessons with over a decade of experience under his belt. From beginners to rippers, from Honolulu to Malibu to Waco to the Surf Ranch, he's a professional both in and out of the water. With his deep roots in surf and his relationships he's made throughout life, he created a brand that reflects his passion for surfing. We welcome the pro surf coach for the rich and famous and owner of Black Bear Surf Club, Mr. Teva Black Bear Dexter. Welcome. So we, I only know a little tidbits because we spoke on the phone a couple times. Yeah. And, and uh, I, yeah, I was fascinated that you, you're able to just make a killer living and, you know, doing what you love. Yeah, it, it's a trip. Like, we'll get into it how small and close-knit this community is because we've run each other through different people. And then finally, here it is. Culminating I mean, into into this, yeah. Well, like, I always joke around to people. I was like, "The world's small, but the surf world's smaller." You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that's kind of like a funny thing too. Is like the surf world is like is like people will name an area and like and like oh like oh you ever been to freaking Bali and then like you're like oh yeah like like Ty Buddha and Nicola Jones and freaking Rizal and like you think yeah. of all these people connected and then you think of all the people that are connected to them and then they're connected back to you. Yeah. So it's like like. If I not, and then the other thing too is like even meeting you guys right now. It's like I might not have met you guys before, but we definitely like subscribe to the same tribe. And yeah, for sure. You know what I mean, and yeah. that's been like a really trippy one for me. Is like right now I'm living full time here in LA, and like we'll get to how I got there. But like 
I just drove here from Hollywood and I came down here to have lunch at Iapono just now. With, yes. Um, yeah. I got some Places two girls that are that are visiting. Yeah. I was I never tried it before, but I'm trying to get him to um, cater for my daughter's first luau. And I was like, fuck, I got to get some Hawaiian food. Like, I got to oh, get some. So I came down and talked to a chef and he's like, yeah, no worries. We'll make it happen. So, but it's just funny. It's like I leave Hollywood and it's like. I'm a fish out of water, you know what I mean? Like, I pretty much, I pretty much suck at everything in LA as far as like, people yeah. are like, oh, you ever been to that restaurant? I'm like, nope. And they're like, you ever been to that club? I'm like, nope. And I got no connections to get into those places. Like, it's like, it's like going to like freaking Honolulu. I don't know where to paddle out. I don't know where to park. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm not your guy to ask. And then like, my chick always jokes around to me because like, if my phone dies in my car, I don't know how to get home. Like, if Siri's not there to tell me Google Maps, I'm like, Fuck. Yeah, you, you're we're, up we're one little road. Exactly. Like, I'm like, one know, road one around an island. And, you know what I mean? Every every left turns towards the beach, so I'm like tripping being in Hollywood. But Well, well let's let's go let's go where, to, where it all started from. Yeah, so... Um, you grew up in... Yeah, my name's Teva Dexter, and uh, I was actually born in, in here in L.A. My, uh, both of my parents are, are Tahitian. My dad was from... Uh, Reatea, which is on the outer islands of Tahiti. And then my mother is actually, she was from Tahiti, but she grew up here in Venice, California. So have you ever been to, to Venice to the um, Hinano Bar? But the reason it's called the Hinano Bar is because my grandfather, who was, a, um, he was an American from Venice, he sailed to Tahiti and uh, he worked for MGM Grand kind of doing set paintings. And he was like late night partying. And someone said, oh, we're going to go to um, Tahiti and we're going to film this Marlon Brando movie. But, um, we're not going to bring anybody because we don't want to pay union wages and all this shit, whatever. And my grandpa's kind of like a piratey dude. He's like, fuck that. We're sailing there. So he sailed to Tahiti. Wow. And when MGM showed up, he was already there setting up to, to film because he knew what Hollywood needed to do this movie. And um, they were like, fucking Gordon, he beat us, you know? So anyways, my grandpa did this whole thing. And then my Gordon grandma, Dexter. Uh, Gordon Zimmerman was actually okay. his name. Dexter's my, my father's name. Okay. But, um. Anyways, the long story short was is that uh, Hinano is the name of the beer that's from Tahiti that all of us have gone there and drank or whatever. And Hinano had just started. This is like in the 50s. And uh, my grandmother, her father was working at Hinano and he convinced them like, hey, I'm going to film this movie and I'm going to have a little bit of money and fuck, I want to try to like get the license to sell Hinano in America. You're kidding and this me. This is like, yeah, and this is like pre like now things are just like bottled in different areas right like right. he was like he's like fuck i'm gonna sail hinano back from tahiti and we're gonna, gonna sell my America and fuck it's on you know and then obviously he got here and was like it wasn't on but they started that bar and that's why it's named the hinano bar him and this guy um joe larson he's probably like your distant this, relative or something <laughs> That is rather so than a Hinano bar. There's a bar. Even to this day, it's like known for like the best burger in Venice or something. But it's right there at the at, um, at, at the Venice Pier, wow. off of uh, Washington. Yeah. yeah, everyone knows where it is. Dude, but, I'm gonna go there. But he, I, they they owned it just like in the first couple of years, and then it turned into like a heavy biker bar, I think. And then who knows? It's changed hands or whatever. But well, Venice sure got through so many changes yeah. over the decades, yeah. man. Yeah, your grandfather started started that, that bar. Him and this guy Joe Larson. They sailed to Tahiti to film Marlon Bra the Mar Mutiny on the Bounty, the movie, and then um, and then yeah, they brought back and started the Hinano Bar and and whatever. And then and then out of that relationship, they had three kids, and then my mom was one of the three kids, um, and uh, she grew up in Venice during like the whole like 
Dogtown Z Boy, you know, like that whole era, like Jay Adams, all of that. She's she's of that class. Went to Venice High and all of that, and then now she Tahitian too. She's half Tahitian, half okay. American. Yeah, my grandfather was American. He's a white Married, man. He's a Haole. <laughs> brought a uh, Tahitian lady. He brought back Tahitian from, back. Okay. Yeah, this tiny little uh, Tahitian woman named Maiva Doom. He brought her back, and then uh, they they lived in lived in L.A. or lived in Venice, whatever. And then when my mom was twenty, she was just like a radical L.A. party animal. You know, you know, whatever. Just like it's yeah. the '80s and yeah. cocaine's pure and shit's good and whatever. And freaking, she got shipped to Tahiti, and then um, your mom met, did. Yeah, and then she met my dad, who was forty. She was twenty, and then they had me. Whoa. And then when they were pregnant with me, though, my grandma was just like knew how hard it is to be um, not American. Like she was like, oh, I really want my grandson to be American. So she, they flew back here. My mom flew back here. And then they had me here in Venice and then we went back to Tahiti and then I lived in Tahiti till I was about like three or four and then they just didn't work out domestics, whatever. And, and my mom was just like, we're fucking out. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, I'm moving. So then now it's like single mom, me, whatever. And then we got back to LA and, uh, my mom was just like young, 20 years old with a freaking, you know, one year old son, just like whatever. And then, um, she was working as a, uh, uh, esthetician like doing facials and shit in the salon went to beauty school whatever and then the rodney king riots happened in april of 92 wow and then um she was like shit like we just left paradise like why are we back in the city like i left la in the first place because of this whatever and venice at that time too was like wasn't really a conducive place to raise a child you know what i mean and my grandma like was like a very tiny little tahitian woman like didn't really, you know what I mean? She was very rich, like still wore a pareo, like a sarong, and like wow. people would always trip out, you know what I mean? Like if you're a Tahitian and you visited LA in, in the 80s and 90s, like you for sure knew who Maria Vadum was. She was like the, she was the, the one of the Asian first, ladies. yeah, she's one of the first registered French Polynesians of the state of California. So wow. like, people knew like, oh, Maria Vadum, like freaking that's where you go. And then um, whatever, fast forward is like, so that was April of 92 is the Rodney King riots. And August of 92, we finally were like, my mom was like, you know what? I've had enough. We're, we're moving. We're going to Hawaii. And uh, she just had this dream of living in Hawaii. And we had visited Hawaii when I was a kid. And one of her best friends lived on Oahu. So we're like, oh, we're going to like live in Oahu, whatever. So I'm like four or five at this time. And uh, I feel like this is a long drawn out story. But no, but this awesome. is interesting. Okay, so, so anyways, like, so basically my, bro- my mom had two brothers that were like kind of gnarly surfer, skater, you know, just like beach rat kind of guys but they're like kind of respected in venice or whatever and freaking we got to um oahu and uh this guy bill Euron, he was like kind of the grom of the the dogtown days whatever i've heard of that name yeah and he uh he basically called my grandma's house and was like was like uh like hey where's where where's meta and where's Maretta? that was my mom's name and my grandma's like oh they, they moved to oahu and freaking he somehow tracked us down and called this this hotel that we were staying at and he's like, hey, like, I don't tell anybody this, but, like, I live with my wife and my two kids, but, like, fuck, like, like your brother, I owe your brother some favors, so, like, fuck, if you want to, like, come here to Kauai, like, like, this is the spot, but just don't tell, you know? Yeah. Kauai yeah. was kind of the spot, like, don't tell anybody, like, you know, he's in, like, for him, too, he's, like, he's kind of just a cowardly guy who's kind of, like, freaking trying to stay under the radar in Kauai, too. He doesn't want to be known as, like, the guy who's telling people to, like, come yeah. on over, yeah. you know, whatever, but, but he's like, fuck, your kid's you know Polynesian he's, he deserves to live in the islands or whatever so long story short we moved to Kauai and like within a week Hurricane Iniki hits freaking oh, Kauai shit. and fucking everything we owned was like 
devastating. Gone, yeah. Wow. But like, like I said, I was like single mother on welfare, so we didn't really have like much anyway. So it was like, okay, like freaking here we go. Like my yeah. mom was like kind of at the point where she's like, we can't keep running. You know what I mean? We just ran from Tahiti and then we ran from LA. Like, 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 make it home. Like this is it, yeah. yeah. And like, and by the grace of God, like somehow my neighbor. Or, like, we got to Kauai. Like, it happened all on the same day. We hitchhiked from Lihui Airport to Kilauea. Got to Kilauea Town, which is, like, pretty much the beginning of the North Shore. So, like, like Andy and Bruce, they're from Honolulu. That's, like, kind of, like, the middle of the North Shore, right? Yeah. And, like, me, Dustin, Seabass, like, those guys, we're from Kilauea. Like, and we kind of always took pride in being, like, from Kilauea, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, we're all from North Shore, but we're from Kilauea, whatever. Yeah. So, when I came to Kilauea Town, like, somehow the... Um, First person we called, like, dog in the newspaper, we went to the house, and the lady's like, yeah, we'll rent you this house, whatever, and fucking, um, she had two boys and a little girl, and the little girl was Bethany, and then uh, Hamilton, Hamilton? yeah, (laughs) she was probably, like, one and a half or something, and then she had an older, a middle brother named Timmy that's the same age as me, or, like, maybe a few months older, but who's, like, the most psycho bodyboarder ever, I don't know if, like, like, you ever go to Tahiti? And, like, Bethany's getting bombs. Her brother's the kid that's, like, behind her, like, go, 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 go. Like, wow. he's Charlie. super well-respected. Yeah, he's, like, great friends with Tahide and, and Alvino and all those, like, Chopo boys. Like, like Timmy Hamilton's a gnarly bodyboarder. Even at home, like, when we surf big waves, like, big Kalihua and stuff, he's always kind of the guy that I'd be like, oh, okay, fucking Timmy's you know, out. Yeah, 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 I'm out, you know, whatever. But can So, I, anyways. Oh. Can I cut, cut in a little bit? The story with your grandpa... <laughs> And his friend. But I was too Sailing. No. (laughs) I love... That's historical, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a piece of your family history that everybody can associate with because of the beer and, like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. could be connected. Well, I don't know if, too, is, like, like Marlon Brando, when he went to Tahiti, like, like he owned Te Tiaroa. He had his own private island, right? And then he had, like... There's, like, some dark history, too, right? Like... Like his 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 daughter was murdered. His freaking his son murdered the guy that possibly you know there was like a heavy thing. So Marlon Brown was actually like exiled from Tahiti eventually. He was never let back. And then, um, but in Tahiti, which is funny, is like when you would go out and party, the hottest chicks were always like descendants of Marlon Brando. Does that make sense? And then like just to like <laughs> he planted his seed. Yeah. yeah. He, all over that place. I mean, that guy was bigger than life. At so I mean, it's like, it's, it's like Tom Cruise or something without the Scientology. It was like, the right. cool, you know what I mean? He was like yeah. the coolest thing ever, Martin yeah. Brando. Yeah. So. I mean, way before Apocalypse Now, what was it? What was that? Uh, Streetcar Named, Street named Desire. Desire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But going back to your grandpa, like those guys were such men. You know? Well, the like, fact we that like about that. the fact that like my grandpa was like partying at something. Some dude's like, yeah, fuck that. We're just gonna hire the Australians that already lived there. He's like. When, when's production start there like in eight weeks he's like we're gonna go sail it takes fucking 20 days yeah. from and they sailed from Marina Del Rey which is like pretty sick you know and you think of like history of just like but like even today with all the technology that'd yeah. still be the fucking gnarliest risky like, so was, like well, if you met ride? a guy at a bar tonight he's like hey we're gonna sail to Tahiti fucking I got this job for, once we get there we're yeah. gonna get jobs I I'd be like, you. like no I think my you guys gra- have GPS yeah <laughs> No, I think my grandpa was just like, he was kind of just like... What kind of horsepower does that thing have? Well, yeah. it gives, gives you a reason to go to Tahiti. Yeah. yeah well, that's he was kind of promising. He's like, oh, adventure, you know? So you're, yeah. your guys were stoked. You landed in Kauai, essentially, that gives you that kind of Tahiti, like, tropical... Like, For sure. No, we, life, we, but we, you're, you're having that American upbringing. Do you remember living here at all? At in L.A.? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we... We were living in Venice, and just, like, I remember we were walking the boardwalk, and, like... Had some crips like steal my skateboard, and my mom like kind of was like, I 
I probably went to school with your sisters, blah, blah, blah. Like, my mom's, like, an intense lady. Anybody that yeah. knows me, they know, like, my mom's crazy. Like, she doesn't, she doesn't really care, you know, yeah. whatever. So, anyways, like, it kind of got to a point that was just, like, are we really going to live in this, like, surf ghetto? Like, you know, whatever, so. And it and was it, a surf ghetto. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before, okay, before, like, all the, like, real yeah, Hollywood money kind of started yeah. dumping in there, it was, like, pretty sketchy. Seedy. For sure. Yeah. But, yeah. like, like I said, no, I don't, I don't remember. That's why I would always hear stories when people would come to Kauai. They'd be like, oh, yeah, Venice this, Venice that. And I was like, I just, oh, fuck, I think Kilauea is probably better than living there. Like, oh, yeah. It sounds like a pretty good spot. But, no, I lived there, and we moved in there, and then my very next-door neighbor, the very first person I ever seen with a surfboard or even, like, knew what was up was Dustin Barca. They lived, like, directly next to each other. So, Dustin's mom, uh, Joey, she was, like, kind of like, kind of like now I feel like it's coming back more, but back in the day, it was, like, like men went to work and men surfed huge waves and then there was like moms raised the kids and moms were like surf moms like like joey was like one of the first surf moms i knew like she like she had this van and fucking she used to drive all of us yeah. around to the Where beach where you guys want to go beach day exactly like, yeah. and i was like i didn't even know how to swim i'm like freaking you know i'm like oh like so i was five like, years old yeah exactly so i'm like with dustin's little brother nikolai and like we're like boogie boarding and and those guys are surfing you know it's like you gotta remember the generation above me is like you got like Danny Fuller, Roy Powers, Dustin Barker. Then you have Andy, Bruce, Kamala, Reef. It was just like this heavy pack of heathens that are just like ruling. And I'm like, and like yeah. that was kind of like in my head, I was like, I want to be those guys. Well, also just like, well, oh, Ralph Surfing's gnarly. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Those like, guys are gnarly. Like I saw surfing and TV or something. I was like, that looks inviting. This isn't inviting. These guys yeah. are like nuts, you know? And then, <laughs> and then if you like showed interest, like you were like, oh, like maybe I'm going to start surfing. Like, get the fuck out of here. Bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are you just doing down here, you know? Like, and like, so like my best friend growing up surfing was this kid, Gavin Gillette. And we were kind of like, that's who I like learned how to surf. And we kind of got together and learned spots and like, kind of like, okay, like this is, this is our thing. Like we're going to be surfers, you know, and it was pretty sick. But how how it, old were you when you, when you like, I was probably like nine or 10. Okay. Which kind of puts it in perspective. Now I feel like sometimes like, like one of my best friends, this kid, Tyler Newton, he like coaches this kid that's like six and they like fly to Texas and surf the way I'm like, I'm all right, me and you are like boogie boarding at six yeah no 100 percent. Yeah. Like, now, now, so now we're like yelling at this kid to go fucking land that lean air you're like <laughs> i don't know like sometimes like i get all fired up like yeah 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 like okay yeah well, like you're calling like places like timmy patterson and mayhem like fuck, you guys got four sixes over there and then you're like the fuck are we four doing? sixes oh, like, yeah you know what I mean? Like, you know yeah, how it is. Like, my dad, kid having a board at five foot was crazy. Yeah. You're like, whoa, Ralph, you have a five six? Like, that's yeah. nuts. Like, I, you know, thinking about it, I probably started like that nine or ten where I was on the beach boogie boarding. And I, my dad's like, cool, I don't have to take him out. You sit on the beach. Like, you know, it's like extra yeah. work if your kid's super psyched. You're yeah, like, yeah. wow, I got to now do all this well, now work he can help s- him. Now he can surf himself. Well, I think, yeah. I think surf lessons wasn't a thing, no, too. You no. know what I mean? Like, like let's I, think about like softboards didn't it was, exist. No, no. Like, you know what's funny? Straight hardboard, and it was tough love. Nobody, even the older generation, whether it's a few years older, they're like, beat it, Grom. Like, there was no encouragement. There was no help. Yeah. It's like, get your butt on the inside. What's crazy, though, there's there's been soft tops back in the day. Like, David Nueva had a fucking soft top pro model. Oh, trippy. Yeah, I saw I saw the ad and everything. I was like, like the wow, first, they the had that way back that then? came out or something. And then, um, like, like surf lessons, not surf lessons, but, like, Surf schools, they've been around for a long time, which is a trip, right? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But they didn't go commercial. Extent. It was really just for 
surf schools. Like it wasn't like people just had them in a quiver and like yeah, you know, yeah. have them that, to go have fun. That's what I mean. Like now it's like every dad, like you better have your soft top. Yeah. Kids might want to surf. You might yeah. have to play lifeguard. Like yeah. you know I mean? it's a part of your quiver, you know? <laughs> it's part of your quiver. So, for sure, so yeah. you're nine and that's when you start getting serious about surfing. Yeah, we're surfing. Like, and I got really lucky too. I'm not going to like, like lies. Like um, my mom, when we first got to Kauai, she, you know, she's like, she's like 26 at this time. So she's like a young chick and she's got this kid or and so on my stepdad, this guy that she started dating, he was he was from Newport. He was like a like a Holly guy that had moved to Kauai and was a surfer himself, whatever. And then he had two boys who kind of like helped shape me to like kind of like okay, like they were a little older than me. And then my oldest stepbrother or whatever you call him, um, Kale, he was like best friends with Fuller and Roy guys and stuff. So like I kind of had an easy in, like where like I'd go down to pine trees and I'd get picked on and like we'd get shit on for sure. But then I'd go home and. I know where we're at. Child, uh, kid, you know, yeah, like yeah. Grom abuse. Grom abuse. Yeah. But, so are we rolling? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So so then, like, some of my stepbrother, he, like, even to this day, he's, like, probably my favorite surfer. He's, like, super smooth. Like, Kahea? Kind of, his name was Kale. Kale McBride. But he, like, remember that company Fresh Drive back in the day? Yeah. He was kind of riding for them. and But anyways, like, we would, I would, we would go home, and then he'd be, like, Bro, you guys are doing it wrong. Like, you guys need to watch Magnaplasm. You guys need to be watching Raw Irons. You guys should be fucking listening to this music. Like, Wu Tang's the shit. We're like, okay, okay, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was almost like we'd go down to the beach and he'd pretend that he was like someone else. Like, then let guy, let, you know, Bark would be like, no leashes, take your leashes off. Like, like we fucking hated the guy. We're like, bro, fuck this guy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, you know, but they're teaching like, you valuable lessons. Yeah, he was like the like brother. He was like the brother we didn't ask for. Yeah. Barca. And, they, and then it was kind of like, fuck if you can't handle me then how you can handle the real world and we were like oh fuck real world sounds nuts like you know like it was just the trippy the pine trees deal was like it was a real thing you know yeah like okay fuck so anyways my my brother k was kind of like he was the one that kind of educated us on surfing you know what i mean like style and yeah just everything kind of like like these are the boards you guys should be riding and this is the music and like, you guys want to get chicks? This is, you know, and then we'd go to parties too. And it was, I don't know, just whatever. It was, it was, it was a little bit of a cheat code for me, you know, yeah. and, I, and I soaked it up, you know, because I was like, I was like, okay, like, so, anyways, Kawhi, that whole thing. And then, like, um, so let, let me, yeah. like, what you just described is so crazy because, you know, all these people around the world, right, in different parts of the world are experiencing that. that. Well, they're surfers, right? And. Linen. <laughs> Snuggles. Stop it. Snuggles. <laughs> so oh, this is how we roll. But just think, is... think about this, right? Your little slice of of heaven, Kauai. It's so millions around. of people yeah. around the world are, are like enamored by it from what they've seen in movies, read in magazines. You know what I mean? Like the we, talent pool that's we know about there. pine yeah, trees. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we know about pine trees. We've heard about Honolulu Bay. Yeah, he's got pitched there a couple of times. And you live, you live that life. And then the people that come from that little slice of heaven, the Irons Brothers, Barca. You know, like that's yeah, gnarly, right? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you, you lived it. You, you, don't, you, you probably don't see the what we like. You know what the value that we put on it because you lived it and you take it for granted, right? Like you, well, I, I, I did, until, age, I did yeah. until a certain point for yeah. sure. But then like a lot of people don't realize too, or maybe they do, but like, like that era of those guys and being so gnarly, like 
there was like an era above them of like kind of tough holly guys that came from here that went to Kauai to surf and kind of like you know what I mean? Like like Galvin Gillette, his dad Richie's like probably one of the better older surfers ever. The guy surfed like Archie or something, you know what I mean? Mm. So there was like this like kind of crew of like Southern California, like Laguna Newport, and then like Santa Cruz guys that kind of like they had moved there in the eighties and then kind of they were the guys that were like I mean you see it like I'm, I'm gonna jump all over the place. No, but it's like, fine. But you kind of see it in Tahiti. Like you see like these waves and then like Surfers start visiting those waves and they start, leave, they start leaving behind boards and whatever. And then the local group kind of starts to like get educated on like what, you know, what boards are, oh, you can ride these waves and whatever. And like, kind of that was a crew. There was like, there was like a guy, Jeff Steiner, who like, like you had like Titus Kinimaka and all these like, you know, heavy Hawaiian locals that were like holding it down and Titus is surfing the eddy. And he's like, he's like a celebrity almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you had like these holly guys that kind of came in there and they had earned their stripes a little bit yeah. and get beat up and sent in whatever. And then, and I feel like, I mean, like, this is the way I saw it, but like that crew, like that wolf pack crew, which is like, you know, the guys that I named yeah. or whatever, they kind of got to pick from those guys as, you know, okay, these guys got these crit boards. Okay. Al Merrick's is what you should be writing. Oh, okay. Like, you know what I mean? That's kind of how surf culture was getting over there too. Yeah. You know yeah. They, they weren't getting hand-me-downs. They weren't getting like, they're scrapping for like whatever used board. Like they were in the know. Yes. And they were getting a lot of coverage. And what was getting guys. left behind was like good shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, so that's kind of who I grew up with. It was like, like the, like most of my friends' dads that we grew up surfing with, they were like core surfers. They were core surfers they were from over here and then you know and they came to Kauai and then like all of a sudden it's like okay like fucking you guys want to get respect you guys got to start surfing these waves and like fucking you gotta you know like it yeah. was just like it was a little bit of a cheat code kind of yeah i guess i don't know well i mean the, i mean there's a lot of people that circle in and out of there you know for just you know week or or weeks trips or you know like like there you know you get a lot of not just the, the generation that you're talking about like the people that have kind of you know, anchored down there, but just the amount of talent. Tourists. And and tourists in a way. Traveler pros, pros yeah. that, you know. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, forget, like, for example, like, like what I used to always think was so cool, just like, just, I mean, might as well just jump on it. It's like with Andy and Bruce. It's like Andy and Bruce, like, they were obviously the shit and, and living on quite a lot of time, but like, these have like, all the killerest guys come and visit them. You know what I mean? Like we got to watch Corey. We got to watch Kobe. We got to, you know what I mean? Like we got to see these, like all that we like see magazines and, be, and like hear of someone gnarly. And then they'd be at our local spot. Like yeah. that winter, like, Hey, like they're like doing the pipe master or something. And they're like, Hey, you guys want to come to Kauai? And yeah. Like we got to like watch Parco and freaking, and then these guys are like in their prime. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's that's yeah. That's where I'm, that's what, you're that's that's what, what I was yeah. kind of talking about. That's like, like, the guys are like those, cycling in and, and they're kind of like, they're kind of like, oh, like, like I got a buddy and he said I can come stay there. And then, you know, I don't know. It was, just, it was, it was like, I don't really see that happening now as much, but it was really rad when it was happening. Like, yeah. I remember like seeing Dean Morrison for my first time. We were like 15, like, whoa, fucking, you know what I mean? Like you just see these guys and they feel, they seem like almost larger than life. Yeah. You know? And I, I don't know if it's like that for Groms now, but maybe, I don't know. It's just different. I right? think it, I think some that are into it feel the same way that we did when we saw but it's definitely Bro, it's definitely changed yeah. it's changed a lot yeah. so take us back to the beach what's your starting as a grom like where do you start is it pine trees like that's I, no you're at the pier yeah. everyone's okay. at the pier you gotta you gotta do kitties like first wave ever caught I, i'll never forget it. it was thanksgiving day 
it was a month after Hurricane Iniki happened on September 11th, 92. And then I remember... It was on it was, September 11th, too? Yeah. Wow. Trippy, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, yeah, whatever, Thanksgiving that year, I was down at the pier, and I remember it was a fucking Ace of Spades, Billy Hamilton, freaking, you know? Bethany's mom ripped, yeah? People don't know that, but she surfed really well. The dad surfed, but the mom ripped, Sherry, and she had, like, sick boards. So, fucking, I remember we were down at the pier, and got pushed into some whitewash and kind of was like, well, this is sick, you know? But like we said, it's like, there was no Costco foam board. So like, if you wanted to go surf, you had to carry that Billy Hamilton every time you wanted to go surf. And then my mom had like a little hatchback Honda Civic. So like, we weren't putting the board in the car, you know what I mean? It was just- Stashing it at a friend's house. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, well, you know, or if I did surf, it was like dragging it through the park. It was just, wasn't, wasn't. So like boogie boarding was the shit. Like, okay, boogie board, we can stand up on our boogie boards or we can pull into barrels. Like- you know, boogie worm is the shit when you're a kid. You yeah. Know, so. yeah. So, so from the pier. So you're doing the pier and then, and then you're getting the pine trees and then, and then. And pine trees is like. It's, it's the hot the spot. Ground, yeah. Right? Kind of. That's where like all you guys. So like we got like, all your repertoire. The guy that owned um, the Honolulu Surf Company, Charlie Cowden, he was like, it used to be called, um, I think it was called Sand People or. Something it was called our Honolulu Windsurf or something prior to what it is now. So he bought it and then changed the name. Yeah, he bought it and then he sponsored Andy and Bruce. And then mm-hmm. when he did that, he kind of was like, you know what? They, like Andy and Bruce were like twelve at this time. You know, this is way before my time. But he like knew like you know what? I'm gonna like start a surf team and we're gonna like we're gonna like have a, like an after school program for the kids that surf good. We're gonna like try to help them out. So freaking. Um, they actually like Steve Valier, who is Evan Valier's dad. Mm-hmm. He like knew this guy Russell Lewis, who was like, um, he was Michael Peterson's best friend or whatever, like Aussie guy. And he convinced the guy, hey, you should move to Kauai, and you can teach this surf coaching program, and freaking you can surf and do surf lessons and yeah. make a living, and you can rent this little studio and and freaking the guy came and then like he you know he coached he coached Dustin he coached like freaking Alana and Bethany and what a trip. yeah like this guy was kind of like. He would help everybody, and he kind of taught us all how to surf heats, and I don't know, it was, it was sick. And then, and then to be on that team, too, you kind of had to surf good enough. It wasn't just like you were invited, because like a part of the thing was, okay, you, I mean, I'm sure Huntington Surfing Sports, same thing. Like You get a little team discount, you get a little sticker on your board, and you're kind of like a part of this yeah. crew, and it was, it was a deal, you know what I mean? And then, so anyways, my buddy Gavin was like, he was kind of the best guy at our age group, and then freaking, I was just like, fuck, all I want to do is be on that team, you know? Like, freaking, yeah. you know, so then get on the team and then you're surfing contests. You got to remember too, it's like, at this time, I'm like this, I'm like a black Polynesian. I'm like really dark. My mom's like, she's fair skinned, kind of howly lady, you know? And then <laughs> I'm going down to the beach and I'm like in Manahuni division and I'm like 6'1 already. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm my, huge. That I'm was like my a next man question. Girl. Did yeah. you, no, did I'm you like rolling up and they're like, oh no, juniors doesn't surf till 10. And I'm like, I'm only, yeah, no, 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 boy. I'm only 11 years old. Yeah. And then, and what? Then, and then like, yeah, exactly. So then like, and I think that's kind of like, even my road now is like, it was kind of good because it's like, it, it made it very clear very quickly. Like you, you're very different. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like you're, everything's going to be a little counted against you when it comes to this. I was like, okay, fuck. So then I started doing NSSA and then we started traveling, you know, and, and that's what I don't like, I, like. I don't really agree with the NSSA in Hawaii is is that you had to travel around the islands in order to collect enough points. So if you did not come from money, you couldn't even fly over there to do the contest. So it was yeah. like kind of boxed a lot of good talent out, you know, and like 
not to touch up on it, but like like Seabass, for example, he didn't do C, he didn't do NSA at all because he dropped out of high school, but also because like he didn't have the money to do the events. You know, I mean, he didn't really start surfing competitively till yeah. like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, you're not just hopping in a car down the coast. Yeah. You're piling in. You yeah, catch so a like, flight, so like we'd be going to NSSAs, and then we'd go back to our to to our local spot, Cleo. He'd be fucking tearing it apart. Like, who cares what happened at Condos? Best surfers happening down here. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just kind of weird. And then I started doing NSSAs, and like I'm in the age group where it's like. It's like Dusty Payne, Mason Ho, like, you know what I mean? It's like gnarly. It's gnarly guys. Yeah. Like super gnarly. And then I'm like, I'm like, okay, so now I'm surfing vowels. I'm 6'2", I'm 13, I got pit hair. Like, I'm just like, oh no, this is gnarly, you know? And then, and then at that time, um, like, what's up? Who was your first sponsor? I rode for Counterculture. I got really lucky. Shut the front door. Yeah, yeah. Epic. Yeah, I rode for those. Those are our boys here in Huntington. Yeah. We, we know. Mike yeah. Schumuller yeah. and, yeah, yeah. Well, Pat Pod, Freely. Pod was like the Pod. guy that we dealt with or dealt with. Yeah. Before. And how did that, hey, baby. How did that, that's Emery. How did the um, sponsorship happen? It was through the shop, I think. The okay. shop was like, you know. We're looking one for one of his brands. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And is there anybody riding for counterculture? Dustin did. Dustin, oh, yeah. yeah. Barco's gonna ride for it, and then Seabass actually rode for for counterculture oh, cool. too. Yeah. So it was like, a, I was like, okay, cool. I got a sponsor, you know, whatever. And then, that was your first sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And that, like everyone else, had, like I think it's different now too. Not to keep saying that, but it's like everyone kind of had a sponsor. Like every surf team or every surf company was like making brands. Whereas like now, like you go on the pine trees, and there's kids that are definitely surfing of good enough but like there's no like who's gonna sponsor these kids there's no brands yeah. you know what I mean that makes sense like back in the day it's like there were so many different brands you had like Ezekiel and freaking yeah. Planet Earth and like just real random brands that like are split like hey we're starting a surf team whatever like so there was a lot of opportunity and like you know how it is it's like and, if, and, and it might be placebo but like you're ripping but then all of a sudden you got a sticker on your board you're fucking you're the man you're the you're man, man. Yeah. Yeah. We right. talked about we talk about the power of the stickers. Oh, it's a real thing. And what's oh, yeah. more nuts is now to this day, if I see someone like someone on the CT, if I'm watching their heat and they don't got a sticker on their board, I'm already like, this guy's not getting higher than an eight in my book. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. It's like, yeah, we're so conditioned, it's to, conditioned see that. to seeing that because that sticker represents validation. You but, know what I mean? But we talk about that blue collar like worker because you know, like that you know regional guy, the best at the school, the best in the town, associated with the surf shop, like. There's all these different like routes that kind of help you get sponsored, but it feels like there's a huge void in our industry and with that. You well, know, like, you coming from a less fortunate, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like your yeah, mom, yeah, yeah. single mom. Yeah, like I, like I could barely afford to do the contest. And NSSA was like, I'm not going to lie, it was expensive. You, know, yeah. you had to pay a membership, then you had to fly, then you had to pay for the thing. Like I got lucky. Like we had, we had like... Like I didn't have my, I didn't meet my dad until I was like 15. So like he wasn't even in the picture, but I had friends, dads who kind of like stepped up and kind of like, Oh, like, like we're going to do like a little fundraiser to like help you out to get to do these contests or, you know, like like I had like little things. Like actually the first time I ever went to Oahu to like try to do a contest, Bethany's dad, he like called my mom was like, Hey, we're going to Oahu. And I think Teva should like try to come with us and da da da. And that's cool. I was like, all right, cool. So then all of a sudden, like I used to like go stay with the guy, Tim Carroll. He used to shape for um, John Carper at the time. And then he started his own label. But, and then his son, Nathan was kind of the man, you know, Nathan was like winning nationals and shit. So that was kind of like my first introduction to like, kind of seeing the route of like, okay, if you want to be a pro surfer, you do these surf contests and then that's how you, you know, 
But you got to remember, it's like there's that going on and there's like this NSSA cookie cutter kind of like, okay, do the contest and do whatever. And then I go home and like the best surfer at all the spots, like 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 the, the hometown god is Reef McIntosh. And he's like, he's flipping eggs at the local restaurant. He, yeah. They ain't got nothing going on, you know? I didn't know Reef was from Kauai. I yeah, yeah. thought it was like Oahu North Shore. No. But yeah, but yeah, like, I mean, that was the kind of like surfer routine we talk about guys that that work you know busboy or waiters at night they grinded you know construction you know like whatever you could do to like get in the water and stay in the water and no like Kauai Kauai like I mean obviously I'm, I'm biased but it's like Kauai is one of the best surfing blue collar fucking groups of people ever For you sure. know what I mean like they're freaking they're in paradise yeah 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 like to me one of the best surfers I ever met in my whole life is my buddy Marvin he's like He's a he's a town electrician, you know what I mean? And the guy can barrel ride just as good as John John or he's he's you know he's a crazy surfer, but like yeah. he decided like frick man, I can't really do that. I gotta like I gotta pay bills and I gotta work and you know what and I know every town kinda has that. So yeah. it's like so anyways, it's like that's kinda what it was. I like saw that route and I was like, Okay, like What board were you riding? I'm riding Tim Carroll. or I was my first surfboard ever was a Terry Chung, who's kinda like the the guru, you know what I mean? He's the man. He's like, and he's like kind of like a father to me. Him, his, his son is one of my best friends or like my brother. So his dad kind of shaped our boards and, but he was like, he shaped boards for the waves that he rode. So he was like shaping us like, you know, round pins for Kaliyuai or something. And I'm like, dude, we got to go surf like slop at fucking yeah. Huntington. Like, contests are not in good ways. Yeah. And I think now kids, groms now, they don't realize like there wasn't an all arounder back in the day. It yeah. was like you had squash tails, pin tails, round pins. Like, now you can kind of like take a rad ripper and get barreled anywhere on the planet. I feel like those things are so, like utility boards, I guess. Yeah. You know? Like, an, yeah. It's a quiver, I mean, quiver killer. Yeah, exactly. That, what was the first uh, time you went to Wahoo like to go surf? You know, like yeah, on a trip right. or was it for the contest? We went for a contest, but I think the first time where I like actually saw what was going on, we went over there for a Triple regional, no regionals was a week for NSSA. It was a week long thing. You, you, you'd go over and you'd surf at Turtle Bay. We'd try to do like the contest thing, but we were all like, okay, we're going to surf our heat and then we're going to try to go to pipe and like see what's going on. You know, and you got to remember this is like, like the Volcom house isn't really blowing up yet, but it's coming. You know what I mean? And Bruce is kind of the man, but it's like everything's still kind of infant stage. In the infant stage, yeah. Andy's not winning world titles yet. It's just kind of like, but we kind of knew, like, fuck, like, like I, I'll never forget this. Is I remember we're at NSSA, and we're all hanging out, and and Fuller shows up the contest, and he just got the tattoo, like whatever a week before, and he had like his name blasted, and we're like Fuller, yeah, exactly, and we were like. Oh, he's a pro surfer. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, I will say this because like, 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 that guy's like a brother to me, but yeah. it's like, is that he left Kauai really early. Like, a lot of guys were about going back and forth, but he, had, he you know, same, same yeah. kind of story as me. He lived, you know, he just had his mom. He didn't have any money or whatever. So he went to the North Shore super early. And I remember freaking, we were at Foodland and freaking, we're on Foodland on Kauai. And I remember there was like the new surfing mag or whatever. And we like opened it up and it was a two page spread of him, like with his arms open, like, on, you know, getting pitted at pipe. And we were like, whoa, like, like this we guy, know that guy. This guy's fucking doing it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know, it's just different. Like nowadays, everyone's like Instagramming their story or whatever. It's like, it's like you kind of heard, yeah. oh, I heard he went over there. Like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know anything. And then all of a sudden you see it in the mag and you're like, oh, it's on. Like yeah. that, like that's what it looks like. Like, holy shit. You know, cause, cause Andy and Bruce, they were, they were a little older and 
like this is like black haired Andy with MCD. You know what I mean? That's when yeah. we're com- like when we're actually catching waves and we're a part of the lineup now. We're not getting sent in. Those guys are like fully dominating. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna like like they haven't hit their accolades, but people know they're gnarly. Exactly. It was yeah. like yeah. they really haven't hit that like I'm you know freaking exactly like Magnaplasm had just come out, Raw Irons had just come out. I remember we were like all surfing cannons one day, and freaking. We like went in, it was like me and me and a buddy of mine, and we're like kind of hitchhiking home. And Andy picked us up in this Pathfinder that he had. And he's like pounding Bobby Digital, the Wu Tang album. And I remember we we're like, you know, hitchhiking, we're sitting in the back of the car, and we're just like, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, cause I mean, like, I don't know how everyone else felt, but like, we kind of were like, this is the gnarliest surfer on the planet. Like, for you know sure. I mean? Like, this is like, this is the guy. This is like, we go to anywhere we went, he was fucking, he kind of ruled, you know, whatever. So, well, yeah, they, you know, MCD, what's more core division? Bruce, yeah. no, Bruce was riding for Quicksilver, right? He's on Volcom ready by now. Oh, he's on Volcom. Volcom at the time, which, which people don't really realize, or maybe they do, is like, they made the coolest gorilla fucking Marketing. bush ever. Oh, yeah, like, dude. they showed up, they're like free contests at Pine Trees. But I remember guys were winning snowboards, none of us even seen the snow. We're like, what? Like, fucking, like, <laughs> where's this gonna go? Fucking Volcom snowboards. And like, <laughs> I just remember, like, what? And like, Punker, Pat's there, or surf, or skating this like, half pipe. And we're just like, what is this brand? And there's just like black shorts with co- crocodile waistbands. Yeah. And we're just yeah. like, I just remember being like, I don't know what it is, but like you better get in the fucking program. Yeah. Like, this is the shit, you know? So they then, had such a good buzz, like yeah. such a good crew. And they were just wild. Wild, Like wild. party hard, but they were professionals yeah. in, they, in regards to guerrilla marketing, running good events, taking care yeah, of everybody. Yeah, it, like, it wasn't by mistake. No, you know, it wasn't. Was happening, they're they're like, hey, we're going to smoke screen this, but we're doing it like yeah. how it should be done. Like yeah. events were called. crazy is how well they picked their regional guys. Oh, it was like everywhere, like on the east coast of of the mainland, but in everywhere else in the world, they they kind of picked the right person. No, like even if the guys didn't meet, they were all a part of the same family tree Dude, in a weird way. Like, you know? like yeah, Bruce. I, I think uh, was was Kamale part of Volcom? Kamale is part of Volcom. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Chava Green, Chava Kai, Kai De- Bruce yeah. took over Kamale. what? Yeah, it was sick. Yeah. So then, then it was like, and like just to give you like like stupid side stories is like, so I'm like living in Kilauea, and freaking Kalaz, Kalaz girl or girlfriend at the time, Nikki, who's the mother of their first child, Mahina, she's living in the studio that's connected to our house, and Kalaz like, you know, he was gone away for a little bit, and he's coming back or whatever, and then you got freaking Kai just won the world the worlds for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. I didn't really know what jiu-jitsu was, but like I said, I had two older stepbrothers who were like, they're tough guys. They Both of them now, t- now they're both black belts underneath um, Bruno Ewald, this like, you know, really decorated Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, whatever. But I just remember Kai came home and freaking my my brother, Kale came home. He's like, he's all probably you ever heard of jiu-jitsu? Like, fucking Kai just won this world's thing. And wow. Freaking, you know, and Claw's like living, or kind of like living in our house, or like the studio thing. So I'm, we're kind of like, I don't know what's going on, but it's fucking on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's me and my, my buddy Gavin would just be like, whoa, like, you know, like, I don't know what's going on, but it's, we're, we're in a good spot, you know? Yeah. Like, freaking this Yeah, you're around all this like positive, like, yeah, energy like, that just it wasn't gnarly. even just surfing, it was just kind of like, positive energy. I mean, the talent that 
we you, you keep talking about it's like damn that's right those guys all come from that spot it yeah we all, and we all come a, from the same side of the island which is like very unique you know yeah. like not to write off like there's great surfers from the other side you got like you know like Kaipo's from kind of the east side or whatever and then you have like Kavika Stillwell from the south side and Ruben but it was I mean but the, we, the concentrated zone was was definitely because the waves were there too you know yeah. I mean? it wasn't like it, it was, that's what it was the waves were there and that's where everyone wanted to be and and, you know, whatever. So, anyways, that, that was kind of going on. And then um, and then Pine Trees at that time was like, it was like the proving ground. Like, you didn't go to Pine Trees unless you fucking were going to go down there and rip. You know yeah. what I mean? And, like, there would always be a reform and everyone was down there, like, trying all their hardest. And it was just it was just a fun, I don't know, it was just a really fun time to be a surfer. Yeah. You know what I mean? I look back on that and I'm like, I'm like, fuck, like, I wonder if Groms are doing it. Like, how we, like, we were like, one guy would be hitchhiking on the corner by Manahuni in um, Kilauea. There's, like, this little, like, corner store gas station. One guy would be hitchhiking and four guys are hiding in the bushes. And then as soon as the car pull over, we'd all run out of the bushes. Okay, we all get in the car. And then, and then whoever was kind of like, there's, you know, there's, every group's kind of got a weak link. And like, as soon as that guy get in the car, you'd like throw that guy's board out. And they'd be like, oh, like, like, you know, just stupid shit. And then we'd get down to Pine Trees. And like, that's what kind of made it cool is like, because all of us kind of, I wouldn't say broken homes, but we, like, our parents were busy. Like, my mom was, like, waiting, you know, she was a working waitress hard. and working. And, you know, like, my stepdad was, like, he was just a hardworking construction guy. Like, no one's home. Like, yeah, it's we're like, actually, like, beach kids. Yeah, yeah. you know, exactly. And I think that's kind of of that time. You know, now everyone's got a cell phone and they're calling their mom. Oh, you're, track, you're tracking. You're Where are you? I, I, you're, you're not where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Like, ah. But we were, like, so, like, for us, like, just getting from Kilauea Town to Honolulu, which is, like, a 20-minute drive, that was, like, an adventure. Like, fuck, we made it to Honolulu. Fuck. Like, if we get waves, that's a bonus, you know? Yeah. And then, so, anyways, yeah, it's just, like. No, you guys don't get wee bikes, no yeah, nothing. Yeah, no yeah, bikes. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and that time, too, um, Subway used to have this thing called, uh, like, a kid's pack sandwich, and it was $1.47 for the sandwich. And then you'd get, like, two cookies instead. Or you'd, like, you'd get a cookie and a toy, but we'd get two cookies, and you get this little, like, Happy Meal type of sandwich. I yeah. remember that was just like the shit. We're like, fuck yeah, we're gonna go surf pine trees. And we'll get our hang all out. day. Yeah. And then like those guys, there was a burger spot called Bubba's. That's it's not there anymore, but it was kind of like the iconic spot, and that's where all the boys hung out. And we were kind of like, yeah, we're not hanging at Bubba's. We're gonna we're gonna eat at Subway. You know, we'd go by there, and they'd be like, you know, Barca and all those guys hanging out, and just get picked on. And we're like, fuck, like okay, like the one day, it. yeah, like one day we're gonna freaking we're gonna get waves with these guys. But so anyways, like just. That was kind of like what my, my foundation was. Like, okay, I'm like, I'm hanging with these kids and they all rip and they're all kind of getting sponsored and doing good in contests. But like, I kind of always like, like to surf bigger waves. And that was kind of like my, I was like, oh, like that's kind of where I like felt more of a, you know, a draw to whatever. And then I got really lucky when I was 15, I went to Tahiti and had this like, you know, kind of went and met my dad and, you know, just had this like trip, whatever. And then the last two weeks of the trip, Reef showed up. Uh, with some friends from home and then I went and like got to go, go on this like sick trip to uh, to Moorea the sister island of Tahiti and got to go surf with him and I remember thinking like like this is it like like I don't know a lot about travel that. remote yeah, like barrels and exactly I was, like, I was like this is it like I remember just seeing where you like surf it's way of hot and it was just like it was like kind of maxing out and too big and all the locals were kind of tripping and then it was just like like me and Reef and my buddy Marvin were just like 
this is the shit. I don't know what this is called, but like, this is kind of what I want to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and if you get paid to do this, that's cool. But like, this is the kind of, that was kind of 15. Yeah. I'm 15. And like, I just remember kind of trip. And you've like, had your experience with NSSAs. And yeah. 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 Like, I kind of like, knew, like I, I was a kid. You're not anybody. built to go rip three foot waves. Yeah. Like, like I had a final one time at like Val's with Mason. And I remember just thinking like, well, I'm never going to beat this guy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm not a kid. You know what I mean? Like, like he won. I got second. I was kind of like, like I think we're good on this. Like we, like we know what tricks we do, and it's not here, you know. So <laughs> I kind of went back to Kawhi, and then um, yeah, all my buddies kind of were doing that, and 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 then uh, Kawhi had a weird gap. There was like that group that we talked about that were you know the, yeah. the Wolf Pack, the legit Wolf Pack, and then there was kind of a break until like you had like Alex Smith, Tyler Newton, those guys, like and like Alana and and those guys. They're like a good four years younger than us. So the group that I was in was kind of like. It was a little trippy, you know what I mean? Like, like there was some momentum, but I don't know, whatever. Maybe, I don't know. No, it happens everywhere. Yeah, we talk everywhere we, there's like a gap. We talk yeah. about it, like, in, in serving, which is cool, is, you know, here you are, and if you play organized sports or you're in classes, like, you're kind of within that group all the time. But when you're those are your sparring partners, but when you're in surf, you're with the younger, you're with the older, you're with you're with a whole huge range of different types of age groups and surfers and talent size and everything, and it just makes you such a a better, well-rounded like person to just deal with for sure. You know, different types of personalities. And what 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 really is a trip is the talent that comes out of certain places, right? Like you guys, Andy. Bruce, um, Bethany Hamilton, like there's, there's so many people that have come out that are world renowned surfers, right? World class surfers. And then, and then you're like, okay, how come that just doesn't like happen all the time? Right? Like Huntington here, we, you know, we've had, you know, Bud Lamas, Jeff Deffenbaugh, Kanoa Igarashi, Brett Simpson, like Guys Jay that made it, <laughs> Jay Larson. Guys that made it on the main stage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like the South Bay, or Malibu, like Chris Rohoff, uh, Ted Robinson, but you know Greg Browning. But then, what happened after that, right? Yeah, you go through gaps, you know, and it's just cycles, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and San, San Clemente right now, Santa Cruz, shit. San Clemente, you know, for sure. And I'm not, I'm not putting myself in that group in any way. No, I'm just kind of like. I was a witness to it and I was around it and like just to like really go ahead is like um, I don't know if you ever read that Outliers book by Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell yeah but it kind of like basically what it is is that the guy like kind of breaks down like successes of people in life and then those aren't by accident there's like there's all these factors that led to why that certain like for the internet for example like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and whatever there's like a certain yeah. select there was a reason why because like like Steve Jobs' or uh, Bill Gates's mom was like a teacher at the school that had the first computer and then Steve Jobs like there was all these factors of why yeah. they were able to be around the computer and get their 10,000 yeah. hours so with that group that we talked about like the reason why those guys I feel like got gnarly so quick and so you know is that yeah you're surrounded that they're surrounding they had crazy waves they had those crazy older waves. group of guys that I kind of said whatever and then they were kind of left to their own devices you know what I mean like nowadays I feel like it's kind of like music is like Jimi Hendrix was the best rock guitarist. Right? I mean, the guy fucking learned how to play the guitar upside down, whatever. But the reason why was because he was unadulterated. He was just by himself creating his craft and just like, fucking, this is what I think it is, whatever. Right? 
well, the surfing on Kauai is like, guys watched Wave Warriors or whatever the fuck it was, and then they were kind of like, okay, that's surfing, we're going to go and do this, and, and freaking, they were kind of like, they weren't taking outside influences, they were just kind of sticking to what yeah. they had, you know what I mean? And, and then... And they created their own style. Exactly. There's yeah. like, you know what I mean? Whereas now I think there's so much outside influence that kids almost like, they get almost like, uh, <laughs> they, you, sch- you schedule this, dude? No, dude. <laughs> um, but no, you're, you're so right because it, it, that the influence, the timing and, and who you're surrounded by and, you know, sometimes it's, it's better not to be so, you know, like right exposed. now with the, inter- yeah, yeah, exposed yeah, yeah, with the yeah, internet yeah. and I mean, everybody's watching you know, and people would hate, you know, say this, but like Ethan Ewing, fucking incredible, like how powerful and precise and gnarly is. But it's kind of like, I think every kid that I watch now wants to surf like him, you know, or talks about it or talks like him. And I'm like, you know, there's not enough individuality, you know, because of everybody's like, there's a hype, you know, like whether it's Andy or Kelly or raw, you know, like there's these certain that's funny. Look, it's funny you brought that up. Because when I just ate at um, Iapono, I ran into Chucky that does like snapped and yeah, shit. Yeah. And Ethan came or whatever. And he's like, fucking, how, how crazy is this? Like, like people say he surfs like Andy. It's like, he doesn't. He surfs like a better version. He's perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's coached. Yeah. So then it's like not really that fun to watch in yeah. a weird way. There's no spontaneity. It, you know, it's like, it's beautiful. Yeah. And the form is unreal. And like, I've, I've surfed with them live and been like, you, like I've how seen fast and gnarly oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable but, but it's coached but, yeah. so then it's like and that and that's you know that's surfing it, it's it's so it's so personal and it's subjective yeah, and yeah. it's your own style and it's like you know at first and I'll Jordy Smith I was like I don't know it's kind of quirky but I'm drawn to it and then after you start watching it over and over I'm like He's the fucking man, rips. you know, John, John, when he was little, I'm like, I don't know. He's kind of quirky. He's unorthodox, whatever. And now you walk him. Fuck. That's gnarly. Yeah. And you know, you look at Dane yeah. Reynolds. I'm like, you, you know, you start looking at, I'm bringing up the, the, the best, the best, you yeah, know, yeah. and you're like, for sure. for sure. You're like, why and how, and it's, it's appealing and their spontaneity and like, you know, they're just unique, you know? Yeah. But you know, I think kids now with all the video and all the social media, you know, they're just, well, it's you, you try to mimic and they're trying like, to fit themselves into a box because they're just like that's what I but, need to be instead of just letting be what you want to be but or, but it's yeah. also like you know your size like I'm sure you're looking at like so yeah, yeah you're yeah. looking at like the big boys like Sonny and Johnny boy and freaking Dane and like guys that like I'm are, like looking at like Ty Van Dyke and yeah. like I'm on a hand and I'm right? kind of like I remember when I first saw like computer body and I watched the Honolulu part I was like I was like whoa bro like that's me. Like, that's yeah. what I want to fucking yeah. do. You know what I mean? Because, like, I would watch, like, like for example, you know, like, when you would watch um, Taylor Still movies back yeah. in the day, everyone has their favorite guy, you know? And I was like, yeah, I guess I guess Benji's my favorite guy because he's just stylish and funny. But, yeah. like, I, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, I was like, oh, I could surf like that guy. Like, no one had my body type. I wasn't, you know. Yeah, you can appreciate it. I appreciate it. You can appreciate all the different types of great surfing. But when it really comes down to is like, how, you know, what do you see in somebody that's like, like your own, you know? Yeah. But going back to like everybody gravitating to one person. Yeah. That's whole always happened. For sure. You know, like everyone wanted to be Aki, everyone to be current. Yeah. And everybody wanted to be Slater. Yeah. It happens with every single generation, but this generation is a little different with, you know, how they get their 
all the coaching, like you said, the technique, yeah. you know, like there's just a lot of overthinking everything. I think the best thing on the internet are these surf skate coaching. Oh, <laughs> I fucking love when people are like, I just, I eat the shit of them. It's like, what is this? Where are these lessons happening? Like, like, like the, the arms, the, the technique. One, like, and then like Sterling fucking ripping on them. I'm uh, just like, this is amazing. Like, it's so good. I don't know. I eat that shit up. I think it's Yeah, no, it's funny. entertainment. Yeah. But, you know, hey, but it's for those kooky. People. Like, I'm all, who's doing that? Like, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, we had skateboards. We were kids. And we were surfing everywhere. Oh, yeah, we were Finding little sections. and But we didn't have the killer boards. It was no. just, a, it's like the surfboards we had. Just shitty one board to get you from A to B that wasn't really precise yeah. on, yeah. like, carving. Yeah. But we still made it happen. Yeah. So, you're 15, that trip in... Yes, I come, I come back from that trip and then, like... I guess too is like a, you don't even realize it, but when you're when you're in that age group, like or when you're 15 or whatever, like you're kind of being shaped into the adult that you're really gonna be, yeah. right? Like that you don't even really realize it, but that it's happening full force. Yeah. So 15, I like. I kinda, and you're invincible. Yeah. And you're yeah. just so cocky, and I can just uh, take on the world. Exactly. <laughs> you didn't meet your dad until you were 15. Was yeah. That, was it on that trip that you met? Yeah, him? yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we kind of like. Um, he was just a, he was kind of he, he like. He was like, uh, he came from, his brother was one of the richest men in Tahiti. He was, a, he, was a, he was one of the first guys to bring Nissan and freaking all these car companies. Car yeah. nice. It was like his half brother. My, my dad has a crazy fucking story or whatever, but he was always like kind of a bastard child and left Tahiti when he was 15 and traveled all over the world and freaking. Your dad. Yeah. He worked as like a stevedore, like on top of the big like matching like he worked on this like Norwegian uh, cruise liner. He's been to every port in the world. You know what I mean? Like, wow! Just like working as like a like a deckhand, you know. And uh, it's kind of how he learned English. And, and he's Tahitian. He's Tahitian. Okay. Big black Tahitian, like tall, bigger and taller than me. Like he passed away a few years ago, but like even even like right before he had his stroke, he still could have beat my ass easily. Like he was. He's tick. Yeah, he's like oh, he's a, he's a known dude, but he was um. He ran like an illegal casino kind of in Papete and, and was kind of in and out of jail and just like kind of a smooth guy. Like he was in his set, like for example, like when we were at the hospital and he was, you know, kind of, this was it. He had his wife and his girlfriend who were like, like kind of more like towards, Friends. towards his age though, like towards his age. And then like one of the last days when we were there, this like pretty good looking 25 year old walks into the hospital with flowers right now. I was like, wow, this guy's just a fucking legend. Like what? Like, you know? And, the, and then just to give you like a real funny story, just cause we're talking shit yeah. is I remember one of the first times I went to Tahiti with uh, Kamala Alexander. He's like, he's all, fuck, call your dad. Like, let's, you know, let's get a car. Let's ask him if we can borrow a car or something, you know, like, can we stay at his house? So, you know, just kind of like, you know what Tahiti is. You're just trying to make some connections yeah. and you land it there. So yeah. Tight like and anywhere. Expensive. Expensive. And, yeah. And, and it's very unaccommodating. Like, whereas like Bali, you land and there's a hundred dudes trying to get you everything you yeah. need as soon as possible. Exactly. You're on your own there. Yeah. Bali, yeah. Tahiti's like, you know, yeah, you're on your staying own. Staying in somebody's house or you're sleeping on the beach. Exactly. And you're like, you're like, where's Chopo? And they're like, oh, don't worry. We'll take you in a few days. And I'm like, Sorry about the dog. No, no worries. Yeah. Bro, stop it. Zip it, you little rat. Hi. Little hey, babe. Guy. This is my wife, April. That's Teva. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. What's up, wife? Yeah, yeah you're, on, you're on camera. You're on camera, too. Okay, so your dad. Yeah, so anyways, we, we I remember we just we got a car from him, and we got to borrow this. this he was a... Uh, 
he was a taxi driver is what he said he was but that was just so cover yeah exactly so that he had like a job but he was he had this this casino that like that's kind of how he had made money for like 30 years and he's known as as kind of this guy like kind of the godfather a little bit like anybody in Papayete, like they know, like there's a gold star in the cement sidewalk at the Vayete, which is like the marketplace in Tidi, with his name in the ground, like Coco Dexter, like wow, like kind of like the Walk of Fame kind of thing. He, yeah, he's like, fuck, I'm a star. That's what I want. Like, it, whatever. He was a, he was a one of a kind guy. But anyways, he let us borrow this gold Mercedes, and I remember we freaking went to the club, and you know, we're like we're like partying on a rock, and we're just like, wow, this is sick. You know, we're getting chicks. And I remember I got this chick, and we get her back to the car, and she's like, whose car is this? And I'm like, oh, it's my car you know like and she goes this is not your car you know and <laughs> she then, knew that whose car and right to. there we're like holy shit like like this is the don's car you know like so anyway it's just a funny me and calmly kind of looked at each other like like whoa what is going on with this guy you know that's pretty rad like not knowing and yeah. then just falling into like you yeah know, it, well it was like funny too is because i like like i'm the youngest of six from him you know what i mean he had he had two kids with one lady two kids with another had another kid that um, from another woman, and then there's me. So he was, you know, and then two of the kids from the two pairs, they're four months apart. So he had two women pregnant at the same time. So he's just one of those kind of guys. Yeah. You know? yeah. But anyways, it's, um, just yeah. a just a <laughs> philanderer. Yeah. Right? Just and so because your mom grew up in Venice. She grew up in Venice. She's like a California moved. girl, and she moved to Hawaii. To Hawaii and then Tahiti. Is that where they she, hooked up? No, yeah, she moved to Tini when she was twenty and lived there for like a year or so. And, and then, hooked up with and then hooked up with my dad. Okay. And then, you know, and, and kind of what the story was. Like right, right. But um anyways, what I was gonna say was is that like when I met him, it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like I was like I was like, Oh man, where were you to play catch with me? Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. It was kinda of more like like fuck, like what do we do now? Like yeah. I'm here, I love Tahiti, I love hanging out and surfing and cruising and and you know, whatever. I was I'm not trying to come at you like asking for child support or trying to like where we like guilt trip them. It's yeah. kind of more like, fuck, like going to get to know you. Yeah, let's enjoy I, this time yeah. and like, whatever, you know, he, and, and I, out of all my brothers and sisters, he was kind of respected me the most for that. As he mm-hmm. kind of was like, you know, like he just shows up and takes me for freaking face value. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, kinda, totally. Cause I kind of had a stepdad at home that like, like he taught me how to be like a man, you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like, kids, you got to get a job and you got to work. But it's not, this, yeah, and, but it's not going to serve either of you right if you just come in yeah. like you know with a, with a, things up yeah, yeah with yeah. a freaking chip on your shoulder and, and regret and remorse it's like dude like yeah it's life it man. is what I, it, you know? I, like i don't know what your scenario was at the time like you know what yeah. I mean? like and now that i have a kid i kind of go like fuck like like it's nuts like i get it <laughs> guys walk away fucking i don't know like i get it yeah you know i mean i couldn't do it but i i you know i can see it so but anyways um so I came back from that trip and then... Uh, and the waves were pumping, you said. Waves are pumping. And it was funny too because we didn't even... I think they went to Chopes early in the trip and it was rainy. And like, this is like... So this is like 2001. So like, you're like hitchhiking to town. You're getting a magic seaweed report printed out. And like, that's your surf report. You know I mean? It wasn't like you're checking Surfline every day going like, oh, tomorrow at noon, it's fucking pumping, you know? Yeah, like, winds are going to drop at like three knots and then just switch it. Yeah, yeah like, it's just ah. kind of more like, oh, there might be waves in this kind of window or whatever, you know? So I just remember going, okay, whatever. So anyways, that trip, I remember Reef had just gotten a DUI, so he couldn't rent a car. And we're like hitchhiking around the whole time. And I was just thinking like, 
how's this guy, you know, like, he's the freaking man, but he's not really the man, he can't even drive us, you know what I mean, like, I, I was kind of, like, talking shit, I was just like, fuck, you know, whatever, but anyways, I get back to Kauai, and it was kind of like, like, uh, okay, like, freaking, you're doing the NSSA thing, or whatever, but, like, the, you know, things are different now, you're gonna, like, you, you want to go surf waves, you know, that's your, that's your trip, whatever, so at that time, I actually started a brand then, I was just like, I was like, freaking 13, 14, or 15, that trip, but 13, 14, I had a brand already going, what, and um, yeah, we like used to sell, I used to like, stencil, freaking, these shitty little, um, it sounds super funny, you guys are gonna laugh in my face, but if you watch Loose Change, and you remember at the end, and Slater pulls up, and he orders the food out of the, the, yeah, the, the speakerphone, yeah. yeah, he says like, Two fries, a shake, whatever you know, whatever he says. Yeah. And the guy in the phone, in the, in the speaker phone, he says something. I'm sure, like it was just because our tape was fucking scratched or something. But we used to think he said this word, "aushausta." We'd hear this like "aushausta," <laughs> and like so we joke around at each other. Like we catch a wave and be like, "Oh, aushausta." Blah, blah, blah. Like, it was just a stupid like, but just a random. But it was a word. Yeah, aushausta. Like if you watch Loose Change, you watch that part. Like it was a watch it. Whatever. It was like Are you and Loose Change. Yeah. 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 So he goes, because the chick's like, they're like, oh, I'll get the super rib. And then the guy's like, oh, super rib doesn't come out till March or something. He's like, oh, okay, I'll just take the blah, blah. And then he <laughs> says something. Anyways, it was like I a dumb joke. Yeah. And like, anyways, we fucking built a brand around it. We're like, fuck, well, that's our. What, what was that? What was the meaning of the word to did you it, guys? Did it, did, to us, to, it was that we used to watch those movies and it like was symbolizing connection. that time in surfing. We're Tech like, connection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, fuck it. Like, like, but when you get out like an inside joke, but yeah, exactly. it was like, it was done. It was a word that caught on. It wasn't like it was my nickname or anything. Like yeah. it was like, you know what I mean? No, but when you used it, when you, would you cut out of a wave and you ripped no, it? No, 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 no. It was just like, like it was just a joke. It was just like a joke. No, 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 no. I don't know. Somehow the word stuck. But anyways, we started That's making so t-shirts. I shall stop. Yeah. And then I'm like, all of us kind of had our sponsor. Right? So I'm like writing for Counterculture. My buddy Gavin's writing for Hurley. My buddy, Shane, my buddy Shane's writing for Quick or whatever. Like, So we had like our sticker on the nose, but then we had our own little thing underneath. Like, well, that's our thing, you know? Like, so we had like a little, I would either like spray paint it on our boards or just whatever. It was like a. Do you have a logo? Yeah. But, you know, we just had the word. And then. And then freaking... How I, do you spell Oshasta? I don't even know now. Like, it was long. It was it, it was like like people were like, what is it, Oshkosh? And I was like, oh. you know, we're like, no. like. So then we, I think the, the, the sticker just said O-W-S-H. That was like our thing. Yeah. Like, oh, whatever. But anyways, the, so then like, this is high school time. So I'm like 15. We're like partying. You remember too, it's like, it, like it, and it's, I'm not trying to like make it sound super cool, but it was like... Kauai, like, there's no nightclubs. There's no, like, yeah. you know, you're not going Small to, Small like, town. House parties. But you're not even going to house parties because, like, people's houses ain't that nice. You know what I mean? Like, we knew a couple of chicks that lived in a cool spot, but it was more like beach parties. So, like, the girls would come to school and they would sell these bags of cookies. And the bags of cookies were, like, 20 bucks. And you're what? like, you're all what? And they'd be like, listen, this 20 bucks pays for the keg. And if you see you drinking out of the keg and you didn't buy the cookies, I'm going to tell so-and-so or whatever, right? So we're like, okay, fucking. So anyways, they have these huge ragers on the beach. Nice little cover, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And then, like, the DJ was this guy, DJ Stiffneck, who, like, bagged the groceries at Foodland. But, like, he broke his neck break dancing or some shit. So now he was the DJ. And then, okay, I remember, it was like, Andy's winning world titles and then showing up at these fucking beach parties and we're in high school. We're like, 
this is the sickest this thing ever. It's the best ever. thing ever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you guys doing bonfires? And yeah, shit? yeah. Just like huge raging, like, like gray, like gray tarp tent kind of style, like shanty town style tents that yeah. would set up the night before or the day before. And then DJs moved in with a generator and then like Toyota trucks on the beach, you know, it was like big ragers. It'd be like hundreds of people, thousands, you know, like not a thousand, but like a couple Hanalei hundred people. there. No, in Lumahai, this beach okay. that's like down cold. Yeah, like, out of the way. We call it like deep country kind of. It was like off limits. The cops couldn't get there, you know, whatever. And like that was like like that big fights and drugs and just like shit was going nuts, you know yeah. what I mean? In that time, it was it was rough. It was like kind of like, oh, fuck, this is nuts. And then that's kind of where like, we were coming into our own whatever. That's I where should, size comes in over here. Yeah, <laughs> we're just, no, but we're just kind of like, okay, like fucking we're it, you know? So now we're like, our little group and we're all surfing and cruising. And then I freaking, um, I, I fucking like partied too hard and like had mushrooms for my first time. And then my mom like grounded me for like a month. I was like, what the fuck? Like you're out of control, you know? And then that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to build this brand. So I freaking, I built up these like posters that looked like the Eddie I Cal poster, but it had like every one of my friend's names that was going to be in the contest. And then their nickname in between, you know what I mean? So it'd be like, like my friend Zach was like Zach Beak Ariola, like Shane Swan Valier, like Evan. You know, just everyone had a nickname, and it was yeah. super. And Don't I, we love nicknames? Yeah, then yeah. I would hand out the fucking the flyers, like okay, we got this like underground contest, like, and then everyone got to put in the money, put the pot, whatever. But the kicker was is like fuck, we had like one, or like the waves had to be firing, and then we would just show up and be like, okay, like fucking we're having it at Pine Trees today, and like freaking we kind of take over the peak, and then fucking all of a sudden like. Bark is like, fuck, I want to end because, of course, he wants to take a bunch of kids' money. Like, yeah. You know, we're, we're surfing good. Like, like the Grom divisions, like Tyler Newton and Alex Smith. And, like, the, the Grom division was hard. Like, I was like, fuck, I don't want to surf in that division. But then the we called it, like, Terminators. It was, like, the open division. And you had, like, Kamala and our buddy Milo and freaking Evan. And and then, um, like, one of them, Bruce, surfed in. And then one of them, Andy. It was just, like, it was kind of like, oh, fuck, this is kind of nuts. Like, we got a little vibe, you know? We got our little... And then... And then the we had like trophies, and then we'd have like, and then everyone's so money. you put this contest. Yeah, I was like kind of the organizer, and we put up pop up tents, and we had our little clipboards, and yeah, like we had like a fight one time because like some Brazilian dude that kind of knew us like was a judge, and then Gavin beat fucking Barca, and Barca lost, and he's like fucking Brazilian <laughs> judges in here, like we're just like oh like. Just, it was funny, you know what I mean? Because all of a sudden... There's no way that Gavin beat me. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, fuck that, a Brazilian judge, and Gavin surfs like a Brazilian, that's why he fucking... It was just like a funny, Shit you know... talking so bad. Oh, it was just crazy, yeah. So, And then, like, Kamala at this time, he's, like, making a head, you know what I mean? He's, like, making Dude. his movie and his yeah. brand, and, like, fuck, I took him to my high school for career day. I was like, well, Kamala is freaking... Yeah, exactly. I was, like, 10th grade. I was like, I'm just thinking, like, I got my brand... Now I got Kamala, who's a legit pro surfer. He's got his brand. I'm at career day. Like, I'm just like, you know? And then at this time, like, I know it just sounds like Kurt, like talk shit, but like, I worked at Bamboo Bamboo, which was, now it's called Barracuda. It's like a fancy restaurant, but it was owned by this guy, Joel Guy. And he was kind of like, a, um, he's a really cool guy, but he, uh, he filmed this movie called Crossing the Line, which was about Andy winning his first title. So he was good friends with Andy and Bruce and freaking, he was making this movie. And this is the time like the Comley's making a head, Chucky's making snapped this, you know what I mean? They were kind of yeah, like almost yeah. indie films. Like, like you had Taylor Steele and those guys, they had like the good cameras. Marianne had, you had to have like a one chip to film or like Taylor Steele would only take clips if you had it on like a crypt camera. Right. So then like, then there was these, you know, like Tom Lynn. So they're like, well, fuck it. We're just going to film Andy and make our own movie, you know? Yeah. So I'm like 15, 16, 
and I'm I'm a busboy at this restaurant, and this guy who was doing that thing, it was like a two-year period. That's like that's when Andy won the first and second title. So Andy's coming home from events, and he's like, and and it's like the craziest. Like Jeff ha- or, uh, Ryan Hackman's mom was the hostess, Sherry Hackman, who's Jeff Hackman's ex-wife. Uh, Lion Hamilton, who's Larry's brother, is the bartender, who's like a fucking animal, fresh out of jail and just ready to party. And then freaking, I'm the bus boy. And then Lindy was, was like, spot. Lindy was like a hostess sometimes. It was just like a funny thing. But then like, like Andy would win a contest, come in town. And then the, I just remember the guy, Joel would call and he'd be like, you're like, you got to fucking hide all the expensive bottles. The boys are coming in and fucking, they're they, going to drink it. Pretty much. They like drank the guy out of business is what <laughs> happened. Like they didn't expect Andy to win that much. And the guy didn't really have, you know what I mean? No one went there to eat dinner. They would just go there to party. So it yeah. was like. So anyways, I got to kind of experience that whole trip. And then that's kind of when I built my, you know, really good friendship. Is like, I was like a freaking calmly. It was kind of like this older brother. And then Reef was kind of like the guy. And, and, and Reef was just going over to Oahu. You know what I mean? Like he was, Reef's 30 years old deciding he's going to be a pro surfer. Like, whoa, what? Like you're, you know. He didn't start till that late, huh? Or 27-ish, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, and, and, and we, you know, Ryan's dad, Jeff, who's like, to this day, still one of the best surfers I've ever got to surf with. The guy's like in his seventies and like yeah. still charging Honolulu and shit. And like, so he lived on Kauai and Quicksilver was, you know, still he's like Quicksilver Europe's blowing up. So we, we were like exposed at an early age to some really cool shit. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, so anyways, that's that's kind of what the history of that was. And then and then my brand kind of I was like selling some T-shirts and I just I just had an idea in my head. I was just like I was like fuck, this is what I want to do. Like like. Pro surfing, I get it. Like, it's not really my thing. I was still kind of sponsored, but I was like, I, was like, I think trying to build my own brand or, do, you know, like, yeah. you're else. already on that vision of yeah, I just surfing kind of, good when, waves and doing your own thing. I just wanted to be a part of the culture and I didn't really know where that was, but I knew like I had good people around me, you know? So I was just when like, did you get sponsored by analog? This was after, um, after high school. So okay. everyone kind of, so everyone, everyone kind of went to college and freaking, um, you know, like everyone, everyone was kind of like going to college or whatever. And then, and then I freaking, um, I like applied to school and was like, okay, I'm going to do the college thing too. Like, you know, kind of pulled my grades together and whatever. And then, and then I applied for college and then I went to Tahiti and then I remember I surfed chokes for my first time. And I, I met this guy, uh, Adam Desposito, Biff. He was like, kind of like, cause he was an American dude that lived at chokes and freaking, he like kind of rode for quick, but not really. He was just kind of like a character, but he like, if you want to get drugs, you want to get chicks, you want to get barrel. Biff was the fucking guy. You know what I mean? He was kind of like a little underground hero kind of. And I remember we met him and freaking, it, he, Bryce Romero was going home and he's like, he's like, well, what are you guys doing? Like, there's another swell. Like, this is Chopes like pre, you know, like, yeah. like the, like the Tahitians kind of only thought Chopo got good when the contest was in town. So like, the local talent, like they're not even surfing chups, you know what I mean? And then the kids that rule Tahiti now, they were like boogie boarding or like not even, you know what I mean? Like, like Tahude Henry, one of my favorite humans on the planet, like he was a boogie boarder and maybe not even, so he's a lot younger, you know what I mean? So there was like, there wasn't really a local crowd out there, you know? And then Raymond is kind of like doing his trip. He's like coming when they're swell or he has surfers staying with them. But it like, no one was really trying to monetize the, the experience out there. You know, does that make sense? Like, yeah. we were just kind of sleeping on this guy, Elvis, who owned the snack. We'd, like, sleep at his house on, like, on the beds, and we'd pay, like, 10 bucks a night to stay there and just, like, fill our board bags with ramen and tuna and just, like, fuck it, we're going to hang out and learn how to surf chokes. And, you know, it was... It was a, Are you goofy or regular? I'm regular. Yeah. So I was kind of like, okay. And then, 
I just remember freaking we were leaving and and we're like, okay, like we gotta go home, whatever. And he just looked at us, looked at me like, like, what do you mean? What are you guys doing? Like, like there's fucking there's chicks to pump, there's waves to catch. Like, what, what are you gonna go back to Kauai? And then we're like, yeah, like, figure something out. Exactly. Yeah. And I was, I was oh, I, I, like, I was, I gotta work. He's all, what are you? And I'm, I'm a bus boy at the hotel. And he's like, Boo. he just laughed in my face, like, <laughs> like. And I swear, I went home and I just remember going like. I don't think college is for me, bro. I think I'm, I think I'm going to do this surf thing. You know, like all my friends were in college and they were down here and they were like, you know, like I had buddies going to, to, to uh, university in San Diego and stuff. And they're like, oh, there's chicks and there's parties. And somehow I was like, bro, there's guys catching 10 foot fucking bombs right now, like getting really barreled around the planet. Like, I think that's where I want to go and try to, you know, yeah. Yeah. that makes sense. And yeah. then like, yeah, I just had like, I had a lot of cool experiences like that. And then I went to Bali and got to go to, um, I remember we got same thing, like went and surfed Desert Point with Rory Parker, and I remember he did the same thing. He was just like, he's all, what? Where are you guys going? I was like, oh, I gotta go home. He's like, huh, there's fucking waves to ride, and there's shit. You know what I mean? Same thing. Like, yeah. Bali at that time is like raging, you know what I mean? You got like Kobe and the Bra Boys, Christians living full time down there. Like, I was like, right? Like, why am I going home? Like, yeah. Kind of just, it, that's kind of just what resonated in my head is I just remember Kobe kind of, Kobe Aberton told me, he's like, there's three types of people that do what we do. There's there's drug dealers, rich kids, or pro surfers. You've got to figure out which one of those you're going to be. <laughs> I yeah, love it. And, right? and I, I was, think you told me that the other yeah, day. Yeah, and I kind of was like, I was like, fuck, I'm not really any of those three, but I really <laughs> want to get barreled, you know? So then I went home, and then that's when... Um, I got on, or I calmly was like, you know what, let's, let's, let's just get you on a program. So, okay, cool. So then I'm like writing for analog and, you know, Mike Merciano kind of got me on Nixon and I'm just like, I'm like, okay, cool. This is kind of, I'm going to try to do this deal, you know, and got to go to, you know, did a trip to Indo and into Tahiti. So did they and, put you on payroll? No, I'm just, just fucking, I'm just like fucking, you can't move Free clothes, yeah, maybe yeah. And there's a house travel every fund. Year. Yeah. And there's a house. You get to come to the house every year and post up, whatever. And then that... I went to Tahiti and I broke my leg oh. and freaking, um, I broke my leg surfing this, this slab on the east side of Tahiti, um, kind of more of a boogie board wave, but it was, it was, you know, we were surfing it and like, Slabby. yeah, just fucking super kegged out and I kind of just like chip shot it in. I'd been surfing all day, like, like six hours, me and my buddy, this boogie boarder turned surfer kid, this guy Ryan and we're surfing and, and you know of course like oh one more I'm just gonna catch one more and then we're gonna go in and fucking I just pulled in and got blown out of the barrel and when, I, when it spit I couldn't see the exit and I flipped up into the lip and when I when I went over in the lip and landed I landed on my fin my fin just karate chopped my ankle in half and I was like it just felt like it looked, it looked like someone just, it? yeah it looked like someone took a machete to my ankle like your ankle holds your foot like this, yeah. this whole cap just got cleaned up. Just oh, so whoa. I'm just like, I'm all under, you know, like, whoa, fuck, whatever. And, and um, this like crazy. Oh, just every, it looked like a murder scene, like full murder scene. Then I, you know, got into the beach. I go to stand up fucking my leg gives out. I, I end up like snapping some, some tendon that holds your foot in, or gives you the arch in your foot. Like it was just a fuck deal. So I'm just like, oh, go to the hospital and then kind of came Tahiti. back. Yeah, in Tahiti. So I spend the night in the hospital, or spend a few days in the hospital, and then, you know, I, I get back to quiet, and that's kind of when it hit me. I was like, okay, like, the pro surfer thing, you've missed that train. That's not your train, you know what I mean? Like, like you got to be either freaking totally blowing up, you know what I mean? Like, one of my best friends, Steph, he's, like, fully making a living doing the off-the-wall closeout thing, but 
but that train was ahead of me. Like it wasn't, you know what I mean? Now time, now we're living in time now where like Nike's bought up the industry. A lot of brands are shutting down or they're not kind of yeah. existing. Right. And then a lot of brands are trying to like, everyone's trying to make cuts, you know? So I was like, I was like, okay. And I had made friends with like, um, some of the guys at analog and kind of got good advice just on like kind of how to, the brand thing works. And I was always like more interested in that. I was kind of like, I was like, when Kamala got me on there, I wasn't thinking like, Oh, I'm a pro surfer. I was thinking like, I'm gonna fucking get a job in this somehow. I don't know. Yeah. Like that was where my networking and yeah, yeah learning something. The I don't know. I was just like, there's an opportunity here, you know. And then, um, you know, and then I went back home and and, and I was already kind of I did surf lesson shit always surf school stuff whatever. And then I I met this woman and um, her name her name was Rhonda and she freaking came to the surf school where I was working. And this was like this was right before I had broken my leg, but this was kind of all it all makes sense right here is that. I was doing the lessons and you're making like 20 bucks a person, right? You're like fucking making peasants pay. You're like finishing at noon and you made like 200 bucks or whatever. And you're like, which is, it's funny. Pretty damn good. Yeah. But it's like, whatever. But it still right? works. What are you, 17 or? No, no, no. I'm like 20 at this okay. time. You know, I'm like kind of like, like my best surfing is definitely hot or like, or at that time. I'm like, oh, well, fuck. I, I know what's up. I know what, what boards to get. I know what swells to chase. Like I was pretty hungry, you know? And then, um. She uh, she was like kind of like this tech tech lady, and she was building this business at the time. And she was kind of like, "Fuck, I just need I need someone to be my surf coach." And then she had three kids, and she freaking I could like I I didn't like living on an island. You're raised by the community around you. No one has nannies. That's not a thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. I didn't understand nanny culture. Well, when I met her, I was like, "Oh, this lady's one of those people that needs a nanny. She doesn't raise these kids." Like like when I you know what I mean I was kind of like, you know what I mean I'm like kind of tapping in. So then I was like. Okay, so I, I remember I took her surfing, and then the surf school was kind of mad. They're like, you can't steal our clients, whatever. And I was like, you're going to have to kind of fucking rub people the wrong way to get ahead in life sometimes. You know, and I was like, you're not going to miss this one lady. Don't worry. So I kind of took the lesson, and then I remember I came back from surfing with her, and uh, I, like, cooked them breakfast, and they didn't know how to cook. And then I, it was kind of a weird thing, but then all of a sudden I was like, I'm a surfing nanny. That's my job. That's the job that I'm going to fucking be. And that's how I'm going to get paid to surf. You're not going to do a one hour session. You're going to do whole days or half days. Exactly. I'm all like, I'm like 22 at the time. And I'm like, I'm 800 bucks a day and I'm fucking cooking and taking people like multiple surfs a day and cooking and barbecuing at night. And I'm like kind of creating these experiences around these people. So so this one lady. Super smart. Yeah. With her two or three kids. She had three kids. Yeah. And she was, she was, she was, she wanted to learn how to surf really bad. And she definitely needed someone to like some handholding. But you, you, you had that experience and the light bulb in your head said, this could be my business. Well, cause like I worked restaurant jobs and I was like, fuck, like, I'm like, yeah, I like to Dawn Patrol, but I really like to catch the last wave of the night. You know, like, like sunset fucking, you know what I mean? Hawaii swells rise in the evenings. You know what I mean? Like pipeline goes off in the evening. You know what I mean? Like every, you know, so yeah. I'm just thinking like, I want to get the evening sessions. I don't want to be, I don't want to be. Bus boy bus boy like, I was working at, I was working at the, um, the St. Regis, which sits over Honolulu Bay. And I remember I would watch all my friends surf every night and I'm like bussing tables. And I just remember the, the waitress looked at me and she's like, you know, you work really hard one day. You, you, you could be like me. And I remember I just walked straight to the manager's office. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm done. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, well, the shift didn't even start. And I was like, I was like, I'm done. Like, I think this, you know, this is it. I'm, yeah. I'm out of here. And I yeah. remember she, she's like, you'll never work in the restaurant industry. Ever. You can't, you got to give your two week notice. I'm like, that's fine. I'm not, I don't plan on coming back here. And that was the last legit job that I actually like worked on the books, like like a real job. Like, you know what I mean? Never went back to, I guess, corporate 
America yeah. or whatever you want to call it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not knocking it, but it, it just wasn't for me. I was yeah. kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to like... But that's life is like going and putting yourself out there and kind of going through the motions. Well, these guys get the bus boy and then they're waiters or this or that. And you go well, and experience it and you either say, hey, this is not bad or you connect or you're like, dude, that's... Nope, check, done. You have to on. have a passion. Unfortunately, you have to have a passion for a career, right? Yeah. And not all, not everyone gets that lucky, right? Well, Kauai is like, it's very unique. Guys. Everyone's passion is to live on Kauai. Yeah. That's their passion. Yeah, like, and like they'll do mom, whatever. Like my mom, her passion was to raise a child in the tropics. How she did that was just the way she made money. She never had a passion for her job. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, so like, and I kind of feel like that's how everyone I grew up around is like, is like, like the like the bellman at the the, the Honolulu Regis, like like Malia Manuel's dad, Uncle Sasso, he's one of the best surfers you ever meet. That guy was a bellman for thirty years, and he fucking he's one of the best surfers you ever see. But it was like that was the quality of people that were like, like this is my job and this is how I pay my bills. But like living on Kauai and living this, like we're on a permanent surf trip if you yeah. work it right, you know. Yeah, you know True. that's that's what it was, you know. Yeah. And like and, that, and like and that's why that's kind of what I meant by earlier in the story was like 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 Dustin's mom Joey like. She was living her surf trip, you know what I mean? Like she was working in many jobs, but then, but then she was surfing, and I kind of think my mom saw that and was like, "Whoa! Like how's this? How's this lady just kind of like going for it?" You know what I mean? Like, like is there a, a direction? No, but there's passion, and that's yeah. all that we. Well, need you here, you so. had a little bit of that, like as a as a young kid growing up around like the dads went to work, and you're hanging out with these surf moms that were essentially like, you know. I'm, I'm taking the kids to the beach. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they were babysitters. They're, they're, yeah. they're kind of the nanny yeah. situation. So you know, so so that kind of got that same that like, lady mindset. with the yeah. three kids. No, so she, ideas. yeah, yeah. So she's she was kind of like, what? <laughs> I don't know. He's over here. I, I left him oh. a beer. Here, there's one right here. Do you need one? No. You need one. No, no, you need no, one. no. I'm good. Because I'm gonna need this. Yeah, yeah. You're good. You yeah, got you the rosy. Yeah, <laughs> um, we have more. Okay, yeah. so so right there, freaking um, no, just, the advice the lady gave me though is that she was like, she's all listen. She kind of foresaw too where Kawhi was changing. You know what I mean? And like that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm sharing these stories, but there's it's not a fucking secret. People know the waves are good, and they know the surfers are good, oh, and they know yeah. the lifestyle I mean, is amazing and whatever. So like this woman though, she kind of like almost foresaw what was gonna happen. You know what I mean? So like she, more transplants. Yeah, she was just like this place like. Eventually, the secret's gonna get out, and people are gonna catch. Was she on. affluent, like you know, from wealth, like like uh, the mom with the kid, three kids that you were? She no, no, no. She 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 came from nothing, worked her ass off. Like she, so, she was like she was like a blue collar that eventually killed it. So she yeah. kind of was like, she's like, listen, like you're gonna. She was kind of like a mom I didn't ask for, I guess, because she was like she was a much older lady and kind of like came to Kauai kind of just like, I want to experience Kauai and you need a job and I'm going to help you out. And it was cool, you know, because, you know, she was kind of, you want to go to, you want to come to California and do college? Like, I'll help you out. And I was like, I, was like, That's not, I want to get barreled, you know what I mean? I want to get, I want to go on surf trips. So, I, so we kind of created this thing where I got to like, I would just make sure that I was on Kauai when she was in town and I would make enough money and then I would go on surf trips. And then when she would come back to Kauai, I would just make sure that I was back. So like, wow! Yeah, so then the, she was like a sugar mama, yeah, style client, hundred percent. Yeah, so that's why I was asking if she was like from a fluent like money, you know, because yeah. it seemed like she did. She made her, yeah, she, she had money her own, for sure. She had money, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like she but, bought a house know. in Honolulu, like she, she has money. But she, yeah, but, but that was like your gateway into like networking 
For sure. But what her advice was, which I'll never forget it was, is she goes, listen, like, she's all, you're going to get in these scenarios where you're going to meet new clients, you know, people that you'll work for or whatever. And you'll most likely not be the smartest person at the table. Most likely you'll be the dumbest person at the table or whatever. But that gives you an opportunity to be a sponge and just, you know, soak up and whatever. And like, I swear, like my life, like in my life, it's proven so right is that like open your eyes and ears, not your mouth. You know what I mean? Like just freaking you come in and you listen and you, you know, because like, like right now, you guys are asking me my story, so I'm getting to tell you your my story to you guys, right? I love it. But when I like like for example, when I'm going to have meetings with people that I'm asking for like help and what I'm trying to do, doing this brand or whatever, it's like I catch myself all the time. It's like, whoa, are we being a sponge or you know? Yeah. And it's like okay, be the sponge. Like you need to fucking listen here, you know? Yeah. So anyways, like that's kind of how it went. Is like I got I got kind of known as like this surfing nanny guy like i was like i was like people were flying in i'd be picking them up at the airport with the car that they rented and i was like because my head i was like these people are coming to this island already it's not like i'm fucking got a website going come on over you know you know and all like that it's like i'm taking them surfing in whitewash they're not catching waves off of locals you know what i mean like like, there's a full mini economy here that could be tapped in where it's an equal exchange like they get what they wanted i get what i wanted you know and they're contributing to the community with the Money they're spending on restaurants, for shopping, sure. Yeah, they're not, blah, blah, blah. they're not eating at the hotel food. You're taking them to the local jam, and yeah, like I'm rolling in. Yeah, I'm like rolling into the Dolphin, and my buddy who's rolling the sushi is like, "Hey, yeah. beers over here. Oh. This is and, no, yeah." And we know what it's like rolling around the world, and especially our boy Rizal and Endo. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah. you're you, when you're with the locals, you feel like. Yeah, you're part of the like, and, and that's your best, VIP. And that's, but yeah. that's that's the experience you want, right? Yeah. Like. You're not trying. You want to visit anywhere you go from. But it's people. just as a, yeah. it, you know, you're doing it because it's part of your job. But it's also rewarding. Why did we do that here? It's it's it's, <laughs> it's also rewarding too because like you're you're doing a solid for your local you know peeps you know whether. Well, the way I saw it too was because like like you gotta remember is like I'm 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 young and fucking full of testosterone and I'm just fucking hungry. I'm taking waves and you know and you're just kind of you know like we had our little click going but then like i kind of had to turn on mr aloha and be nice and hey how's it going whatever yeah. like, and my buddy i remember like smoking a joint at my house one day he's just like you right you think about it it's like you're teaching these people the rules of how to be in hawaii Cause yeah because if you don't have them then they're speeding in our parking lots they're not tipping at the freaking yeah. restaurants that's... they're freaking talking back to you know because that's the one thing i noticed yeah. when i came here to not down here but like in la is people will just like, just make any kind, kind of like act however they want and they don't care because they'll never see that person again, you know? Yeah. Whereas Kauai, like, fucking... You, you burn bridges? Yeah, you burn bridges, you have burned your whole Yeah, you're thing, not coming you know? back. Yeah, so, so anyways, I was kind of, that was like what it was. I was like doing that and then... Um, That's kind of funny. We talk about that too with surf schools and the etiquette. Here, and, uh, like, sure. they, don't, they don't teach that. And yeah. then they... It sucks because... No, and they get let out in the wild and then they go yeah. fuck up some lineups. And like, you know, they're, that first experience of surfing and if somebody doesn't tell you, hey, this is a crowded spot, you should go to the less crowded spot. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah. they should be taking it, taking the, the new students, yeah. new surfers to uncrowded spots and teach them that, hey, there's a pecking order. You know? Like, 
there's there's you know there's a do's and don'ts of etiquette the unfortunate thing is that there's more of them than there is of us yeah so then you're like outnumbered it's like you pile out to a lineup and then you're like you're like oh like like what are you doing and then you look around you're like all of you what are you doing and they're all kind of looking at you like yeah you're like oh you're like a short border like yeah how do you short border and you're just like you know, I don't know. It's like sometimes you put yourself in check. You're like, fuck, I guess I'm the kook. Like, yeah. you know, and then you kind of, it's almost like they win. And you're like, ah, oh, I can't, you don't want, I don't like that. But either. if we talk about it enough and the surf schools l- listen to us, maybe they'll learn to teach their, well, their yeah. students like, hey, you know what? You really should be surfing in less crowded areas. That way you don't hurt other people and other people don't. And you catch more waves and you don't get vibed. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. a win-win for everybody. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's a... So you, you turn that into a business. Yes, I ended up kind of... And that was kind of like... So I break my leg. I kind of got that thing going. I kind of re, I kind of knew... How was the rehab on that? Like, it was gnarly. It took two years. Because the, uh, the way that I had broken it, I got it screwed. And then when I got back to Hawaii, people were like, why is there a screw in your leg? You don't need a screw in your leg. And I'm just like, great. So then I had to wait for that to heal, get the screw out, then started rehab. And it just, it took a long time. I was just like, holy shit. Like this is, it kind of set me back a little bit, you know? Yeah. Even, I mean, it still kind of bothers me, but it's a, everyone has injuries, right? If you, yeah. if you, if you surf at, at, at any level that's not on a wave storm, you for sure have some injuries. Yeah, so. yeah. I can't even move. So. Yeah, we're just all stiff. Like <laughs> Before, when you were trying to make it, or thinking about being pro, did you get shots in the mag? Did I had like a, yeah, I had like some shots or like some surf line stuff. I'm kind of like, okay, like this is, you know, like this is like trans world's just about to close down. Like, yeah. Like the like gravy the, train has set yeah. and it was gone already. Yeah. Right. So I was like, that's what I'm saying. I'm not even, it wasn't even like a thing. I was like, okay. Like, um, yeah, you weren't, you weren't at this like place where in the career where you're like, yeah, it wasn't like it, it was, wasn't drying yeah. up. You're you're still on the up or the, the exactly. I'm the, coming up and the thing's drying. Yeah, up. so it was like you're casting your net. That's why I mean wild. I don't I don't consider myself in, like, but I was giving it a run. I'm in the mix. I'm definitely over. And then I you know then I definitely had like some like good like um, reality checks. You know, it's like I remember I freaking I broke my leg and then kind of got better and was we were living at sunset. We had like a little analog house. It was like me, Dejo O'Connell, and and Kamale and whatever. And we're like, and I just remember like I freaking went over there. And Reef called me and he's like, hey, off the wall, looks like it's turning on. You should come down. And I was like, okay, fuck, get in my car. I'm driving down there and they fucking, there was like some traffic, like some accident had happened like right before the elementary school. And he called me back and he's like, you might as well pack up and go fuck home. And I'm just like, what? And he, he had just caught the wave of the winter. And I was just like, fuck. Like, 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 like pretty much like you want to fucking come over here and you want to serve what the fuck are you doing sitting at sunset you should be sitting on the freaking you know beaches you should be at yeah, a beach park sitting there waiting you know and like and i realized i was like i was like i'll give it a go on anyway but i i just i'm not that's not my gig you know i don't like sitting around i'm really bad in crowds like you know what i mean just it yeah. was like a he was right i was like fuck like like i get it like you know what i mean like yeah. guys it's, that serve pipeline like they're good surfers for sure. They're some of the best surfers in the planet, but they're also the best people at dealing with under pressure and talking. And you think about pipeline, you're sitting in a crowd of 50 people and you're bumping and shoulders yeah, and all really you're doing, yeah, and all you're doing is like, you're kind of keeping track of who got set waves, who didn't get set waves, who's from fucking Japan, who's from Brazil, who's the locals, oh shit, Uncle D's gone, okay, so oh, like, you know what I mean? You're just yeah. constantly, you know, keeping ledgers and then all of a sudden you go to whip and freaking you know, Jamie's hooting you off or something. You're just like, shit, like, you know what I mean? Like you do your head in and it's like, so I was like, okay, that's, 
this isn't really my thing either, you know? Yeah. So I kind of was like, okay. So anyways, I went back and I just kind of like was traveling a bunch. And then I, I started dating this girl in Tahiti and I just was like, kind of fell in love with surfing chopes and got to toe it really big. And was there when like Cora Hoffman got his crazy cover, you know what I mean? Like that crazy run of thing. It was just like, holy shit, this is amazing. You know? So then it, and at that time I was, um, I had met this girl. I had just broken my leg. I met this girl and pretty much it was kind of like my life was at a crossroads a little bit. It's like the surf lesson thing wasn't happening because my leg's broken. My mom wasn't doing too good. So I'm kind of like helping out with bills and kind of, I have a younger brother who's 10 years younger than me. He's like kind of living with me and I'm kind of helping him out. And he's like, he's in high school. He's ninth grade. So I was, it was just like a real like stressful time of like time well, to step up, be a man. Exactly. Kind of like, like, yeah, that surf thing was cool, but like you got real shit going on that you got to fucking like take care of what's going on yeah here, you, you know? can't be the selfish kid that we all are yeah i mean you um, got like responsibility you're what you're 22 now yeah no i'm i'm 24 so i just I like like um yeah i was still riding for analog had my broken leg I just had kind of got this surf school thing going or like my little thing and then i'm kind of in a boot i'm in a boot i know we're jumping all around but that's kind of yeah, the history yeah. of it yeah, so so then i freaking i had met this girl in the meantime and freaking she lived in Tahiti and I lived in Hawaii and I I was just like, okay, like how does this gonna work? You know? So I fucking rehab up my leg and I fucking raise my little or kinda help my brother for a year and kinda just I just manned up. I was like, all right, surfing's on the back burner. I'm just gonna kinda take care of, of my scenario here. And I was able to at least do lessons. I couldn't really shortboard, but I could do lessons. And then I freaking went down to Tahiti and um and freaking I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna surf, surf chokes fucking end up twisting my ankle like peel all the tendons on the other leg i freaking got dude came out of the barrel and freaking went to kick out and you know like chokes closes out it wasn't even like a crazy it was like a six foot day nothing too crazy i kick out the back way i land on the top of the right and it sucked over when i got sucked over my foot hit the bottom and it just like my foot went behind me really quickly like wham so all of a sudden i just like i thought i broke my my leg at first like my tibia or whatever your fibula right there like I ended up just peeling the tendons. So then I was like, Whew. heavy, heavy boys sink. Quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, like when I fall, I'm hitting the bottom. Yeah, for sure. yeah, like like wave pool. People are like, Oh, like, like Waco's got a hard bottom, but like you won't hit. I'm fucking smacking that thing. Like, yeah, it's, concrete. Like, it's like skateboarding every time I surf Waco. Yeah. I'm just getting smoked. But anyways, long story short, or not long story short. Um, I freaking, um, so what? I, I meet this girl yeah. and I'm laying on her couch and I got my twisted ankle. I've just recovered from a broken leg. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, you're not going to be a pro surfer. What are you doing with these analog stickers? You know what I mean? Like calmly is like, about that. Like, you know, like kind of trying to sell me the dream. And yeah. I'm like, you can still do it. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just like. I need to figure out what I'm going to do because I want to keep doing this. Yeah. I definitely want to be here for these swells, but I need to make some money. So I had like, I had 800 bucks to my name and I remember I was sitting on my chick's couch and my chick's dad was a surfer. He was a, he was a white guy from, from Oahu actually, like a holy guy, but moved to Tahiti in the eighties and moved there for surf. And he just like, he just read me like a book, like, Oh, scrub surfer, just trying to fucking live the dream, you know? So yeah. he was like, listen, we have a pearl farm. We sell all Tahitian black pearls. Like, fucking, how about I front you these pearls and you figure out a way to sell them. Wow. And freaking, you know, and then we'll get this going, you know? Good money. Yeah. Well, just like, that's what I thought. I was, I was, yeah. I was like, oh, pearls? Pearls, you're thinking, fuck. 
it's on. I'm gonna be rich. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, look at Asian black pearls. He's giving you like the C grade, D grade. Exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. So, anyways, he, I, I I get these pearls, you know, and he's like, he's it was like seven thousand dollars worth of pearls. He like friended. He goes, okay, if you don't bring back these pearls, you gotta pay me the money, you know, or or vice versa. Just like figure out how to sell them. Give me give me this money back. And d- does he tell you what? The yeah, yeah, it educates me the whole thing. Yeah. Fuck, I go up to the pearl farm. Her pearl farm was up in Apataki. And freaking, there was a wave there, and and freaking, everything was pretty sick. I was like, wow, this is sick. I'm getting this full. It was like National Geographic type shit. Yeah, you know I mean? you're I'm gonna like, be living, yeah, in Tahiti, selling pearls on the beach. Yeah, no, there's a wave. No, yeah, there's a wave on front, and I'm like, oh, it's on. I got my hustle. Like every surfer kind of had a hustle. You know what I mean? And like, like back to that Kobe advice is like, and there's no competition in your like for this. This is yeah. like I don't have to like be a drug dealer. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, those those three bad. options, I was like, okay, that those I, I found mine. I had the fourth option. No one saw. It was entrepreneur. You can yeah. do that. So I'm like, all right. So I freaking come back to Kauai and I got these pearls. And I actually remember I called my buddy whose dad's like the biggest jeweler on the island. And I'm, I'm like, hey man, I got these pearls. Like, and he's like, he's all my cheek. And, you know, I'm, I'm just selling them the dream. Like, I got the pearls and my cheek, Pick come on. on. And this is like 2010. So freaking Instagram's not really a thing yet. You know, Facebook's kind of the only thing, whatever. And I remember I just fucking show him the things. And he goes, how much do you love the chick? And I'm just like, what do you mean? He goes, these pearls are worth shit. No. I mean, like he knew. He was like, he's all they're he's all they're sellable, but they're not like get rich sellable. He's like, you know, he's all how many surfers have come from Tahiti with pearls and they're gonna be rich. Like, you're not the first guy to roll in here with that. <coughs> yeah. So I'm all okay. So he goes, listen, you gotta look at the pearls like drugs. The more we cut it up, the more money we make. You know? He's like, yeah. he's all so right now, if you can he's all, yeah, if you can sell the whole lot to me. You don't make any money. You just pay your dad back, your your, your father in law. Yeah, money yeah. That take wholesale. Exactly. You got to break it down to exactly. like more retail level. He's all, but the more we break it up, the more money we're gonna make. So he's like, he's all, you need to start making pairs and figure out how to make stud earrings. Or, oh, look at my fingers. All of a sudden, I'm making jewelry with these freaking Shrek hands. I'm like, all right, like I'm YouTubing how to fucking clean earrings. And, wow. Because I'm just like, I'm all hit. If I sell a pair of earrings at 150 bucks and I pay back the dad 20 bucks or whatever, it was like it, my margins were sick. So I was like, the margins there. So you became a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a jeweler. Like, yeah, I'm like smuggling pearls. So like, and that was the thing too. It's like, okay, so the pearls, I had I had a lot of 3,000 pieces is what I had. And the tax from Tahiti, the duty is 50 francs a pearl. So that meant that I owed 50 cents or 50 francs, which is 50 cents. So the tax was 1500 bucks is what I owed on them. Mind, I said I had $800 when I broke my leg, right? So I get to the airport, I see this whole thing, and I just fucking... 7,000 pearls, it fits in like my hand. It's like very small, right? Just shove that thing down my pants, put it like you in my boxers. the pearls yeah. onto the plane. Sweating, sweating. Yeah, I'm just sweating. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, this is how we're doing it. You know, whatever. So anyways... <laughs> Fucking, you know, do the do the deal, whatever, and then and then and they just kind of progresses. Like, basically, I didn't make any money. I made enough money to buy my ticket ticket, and I was like, okay, let's think about it. If I call you and I go, hey, Chalky, how's it going? Or hey, how's it going, Mister? Like, like my name's Teva. I'm selling pearls from my girlfriend's farm that I just brought. It just sounds too many details, right? Yeah. My chick had a beautiful French accent, so I was like, you're the frontman. You or move woman. here. You're gonna move to Hawaii. And we're going to call people. And as soon as they hear that French accent, they're going to be 
I'm it's in Tahiti. Wood. Is this yeah. a Tahitian that's yeah. called? You know what I mean? Like, it's going to feel authentic. You know not, what I mean? Like, not a local boy. I just got back from a surf trip. Exactly. Yeah. Like, 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 I felt too hustly and I needed to feel high end. Kind yeah. Of. Does that make sense? Totally. And like my, Smart. My best friend at home, he, um, who's like. Friends How many accident? times did you smuggle over? Oh, Multiple? Fuck, for like five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every three months. Oh, no, no. It got to a point where I would take the low grade ones. And I would sprinkle them in my board bag because if you saw the board bag through the x-ray, you would just see pebbles. So you couldn't figure out what it was. But if you had them all together in one thing, you'd yeah. be like, what is that? And yeah. they open up your bag. So, bro, you know how many times I'd, I would sprinkle like, I'm talking like, we have like 50K worth of pearls. And you have to figure out how to get it in, you know, because 50K worth of pearls could make you 100 grand, you know, if yeah. you, if you yeah. chopped it up, right? Do it. So like, so there's like a rule, there's a loophole that if the if the pearls were in jewelry, then you don't have to pay a duty on it because you could say that it's like a family heirloom, whatever. So I'd fucking sit there. And this is at the time when girls were wearing those like gold bangles with the pearl on them. It was kind of like a little fad in Hawaii. Yeah. But, um, so I would, I would drill them all, bam, 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 drill, you know, a couple thousand pearls. And then I would just make strings of necklaces of pearls. So like, I remember going down to Tahiti to go for swells and shit, you know, whatever. Yeah, you're and, like, com- you're and, coming like, back. We just yeah, got like, blessed. Grandpa's like, no, but, like, but I'd run into guys at the airport. So I remember I'd see like, I remember like, like, like John, John and Ka and, and Eli, their little rat pack. They're like, they're like coming down for a chup. So I'm like at the airport. I look like a freaking Mahu. You know what I mean? I'm just like <laughs> covered in pearls and I'm pretending I don't see those guys. Like, like, oh, I'm going home to Kauai. Like, I'm just thinking like, I just need to fucking get this money so I can keep going back to where they're going. I want to yeah. go to chops and surf and all of that. Like, like I remember I freaking watched Nate Florence paddle that psycho wave and whatever that was, 2015 or whatever, that, that nuts wave. And then like, that evening, like driving, to, like I, like surf that session, and then like driving to Papeete to like try to meet some sketchy dude that had these pearls from like his parents' farm that he was like having a family feud with, and he's like, hey man, I saw these pearls are nothing. And I'm like, I'm there with cash, like okay, fucking, let's make it happen. You know. So you did this for how long? I did this for six years, and we had like a little hustle, but so then I so did, you you would, mastered the craft. So like, I, so I bring the pearls, get them to Hawaii, and then. Instagram was blowing up and a buddy's sister was like, you don't have Instagram? You should Instagram that you sell pearls and then people will like share the photo or whatever, you know? And then it went to the next level is I would, I would pretend that I was my chick and, and say, Hey, my name's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. I would DM girls and be like, Hey, I'm selling pearls. Blah, blah, blah. And then every girl at that time was, was trying to be a mermaid, a bikini designer or a jewelry designer. Do you remember? Yeah. Like, like when it's Instagram, still, yeah. It's still yeah. going. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, so, so, like, if you're like, hey, I'm a Tahitian wholesaler that's selling pearls at this crazy rate. Like, we were selling pearls for, for a, a very good price. So, I would, like, I would just, you know, collect all these girls. So, I'd like, Oahu, I'd have, like, you know, 20, 30 girls. Maui, I'd have, like, another and then whatever. And then I would just, like, okay, like, we'd go to Oahu. I get to, like, try to surf pipeline. And, you know, like, like the sticker's gone. I'm not doing that. I'm just kind of, I'm just going to surf pipe because I want to go surf, right? So, We'd go over there and then we'd be like driving to Kailua to go to some Starbucks to go meet these like Filipino chicks that make freaking jewelry or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? I was just like, let's get this hustle going. And then like go to Maui and like, okay, hey, it looks like Honolulu is good. We'd like surf Honolulu. She surfed too, right? So we were like, surf Honolulu. And then I'd go like sell pearls in the afternoon and we were just... You mix business with pleasure. Exactly. And then and then I just, you know, the, the, the piece of shit surfer I am, I just was like, you ever been to Indonesia? You should come to... In-. So I was like, we're going to Bali. So we went to Bali. And I remember we took the money. So you gotta remember, it's like her dad. I don't owe him money in U.S. I owe him in Frank. And the Franks, it's it's eighty to a hundred. So like on every hundred dollar U.S. dollar, I'm paying it back. I lose twenty bucks. 
So the rate's horrible. So I really got to sell these pearls at a good rate, right? Well, I fucking go to Bali and I'm seeing guys, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Kalani Chapman has this amazing friend named Toby who he started, a, him and his wife started this crazy freaking sarong dress, you know, beach boutique kind of line, whatever. And, um, and I love those guys and, and, and spent time. So I kind of knew, I was like, it's time for me to start my little beach boutique girl freaking flowy dress line, you know? So I, I was just like, all right, so we'd go with my chick. And we would take dresses that she thought were cool or fun and then go to Bali, find some mama-san to sew them up. And then I would pay them and, or I would take the dollars. So I'd sell the pearls and I'd have the U.S. dollar. And then I'd go to Bali and Bali, you're getting 1.6 million rupiah for every hundred bucks. So you're kind of making money. You know what I mean? So I'd get the rupiah. We'd buy the, we'd get the dresses made or whatever. And then I would take the dresses. So this is like. Like Lindy and those guys are just murdering Acacia bikini trunk show, right? They were in stores, but the trunk show was like this crazy thing, right? Like, oh, if you get invited to trunk show, you, you know. So at hotels or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Or no, just at people's houses. They would do okay. like these really cool, like, they killed it. Like Acacia at the beginning, they did okay in the stores, but they would have these sample sales where like a $300 suit is now only 100 bucks, But then it only costs them 20 bucks to make they it. Still so they still make it. Still making, yeah. you know? So anyways, it's like Tahiti... Just in general, it's always like 30 years behind anywhere. So I was like, well, the trunk show hasn't hit Tahiti yet. People don't even have Instagram because they don't even have Wi-Fi. Like, there's no um, LTE in Tahiti. You know what I mean? You're not. But was there phone. enough business? Yes, because Tahiti is like kind of a weird middle. Out. Yeah, it's like, a, well, Tahiti's like a weird middle ground. So it's like, or middle world, we call it. It's like, they're not third world because they're land rich. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. then people have a lot of money, but they don't really work because there's not really jobs. It's like a it's, it's like an economy that's not really stimulated, but there's money. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, yeah. kind of get it when you get it. But anyways, like, my chick was kind of like a cool girl and knew a lot of cool people. So then like, like, like Michelle Berez's wife, Vainiti, she would come and, and, and come to our trunk shows. And she was kind of like, so then it was like, it was like watching the internet create business for the first time so weird you know because i'd seen it in america it's not like i was inventing someone's like i was just yeah. copying what i saw somewhere yeah. i was like oh surfers go to bali and they buy sarongs and bring them back and sell them like fucking Kauai's full of those guys there's like all the guys that ruled Honolulu when i was a kid they would smuggle heroin in sarongs to hawaii and then they would sell <laughs> the heroin and sell the sarongs and then they would keep going surfing you know so like those guys i would just kind of like, oh, like what like, where's the best spot to get these? Like, like, do you got someone in Ubud? Can you make this fabric? I was just like kind of trying to piece shit together. And I'm also like, okay, I'm selling pearls in Tahiti. And then I get to like surf a swell at Chopes everyone randomly. And then like, oh, I get to go. Yeah, to just sorry to interrupt, but this is, a, this is a common story oh, it's amongst like surfers. Uh, surfers. And, and, you know, sorry to inter interject, but like we had a bu buddy that we interviewed, Jim. And he did Hawaiian shirts and he went over to Europe and England and he was selling, like, he that? created a crazy Dude. business by just buying thrift, like used thrift Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. The, and I mean, we know people here that did Levi's and they yeah. do the same thing. You find that trade that's worthwhile somewhere else. And what's funny is you, all your life, you knew what was happening with the older surfers that were doing it. They were the, yeah, exactly. Right? I'm, I'm the, like, and like, you're like, not oh, only are they shit. telling me where to sit in the lineup, but they're also like, how to fucking live your life so <laughs> yeah. they're in the lineup. Does yeah. that make sense? So yes. Like, and that's kind of what I was trying to get at too earlier yeah. with the whole story. It's like, it's like, to me, the parking lot was like the institution. Like, that's where you learned everything. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, 
like, from the good, bad, and ugly. Like, yeah. you know, hey, like, drugs. Because people are having to be exactly. made by No, 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 no. Yeah. Like, I learned, like, okay, if you freaking go down that route, you're going to end up doing Oxycontins or whatever. Like, oh, you do this route, you're going to end up freaking working a dead end job and never be happy. So it was like, I always yeah. saw things and was able to kind of, like, okay, like, pick something from here and pick something but, from but there. It's, it's, your, it's your love for barrel riding and yeah. getting you to these other places and keeping it, like, well, I think, I, too, I it was love, like, I, oh, sorry. I love uh, that. It's these guys that you grew up watching surf and respecting in the surf, and you never paid attention to what they did for work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, just yeah. like, how the fuck did these guys still well, surf? Well, I just see them at the beach and they every rip, day. And they're like, they're always here, you know? And That's they're what living want. on Kauai. And then when you, you know, you stop and think, like, you probably, like you said, in those parking lots, you know, all those years you weren't paying attention. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh shit! That's what they were talking about. Exactly. You know, yeah. you're or like you hit a crossroad, and you're like, you're like, where? Why does this sound familiar? And yeah. Then you're like, oh, this is what freaking. This is what they've been this doing. Is what Juke was like, you know, just like old school dogs would like, oh, that's what that guy was talking about. You yeah. know. So. I mean, you gotta, you, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like, how do we stay at the beach and then yeah. line up? You know, yeah. what is yeah. it gonna take? Yeah. Providing for your yourself and your family and your kids and having a, a, a good life and set them up yeah. and it's like so so that was your ultimately too like i i know you because i said it before cameras like the ocean's what keeps you young yeah, you know yeah. I mean? that's why you look the way you are is because you're at the beach constantly just like yeah. doing your thing you know that's, vitamin d you know doing my yoga yeah. stretching it out <laughs> but just like for me is like like i grew up like 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 drugs were a really big part of our freaking Culture. All of us. Culture and yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was like to me it was like, oh like 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 when you wouldn't see guys for a while, you're like, oh man, like so and so's on on meth or on ice. Yeah. Or, you know, like like I'd see some of the guys that I'd like looked up to my whole life and then like guy'd be tweaking, you know, like working on cars on the side of the road, all sketchy, and you're just like, fuck, like Yeah, what you happened? Know? So I kinda I kinda was like, Okay, like I, I, I see all the routes, you know what I mean? I didn't come from money, so I didn't really have that route to go and then but I also knew like freak I'm not gonna go down this shitty route you know what I mean I need to make something for myself and I don't really have anyone else to do that except for me so yeah. that so that's kind of where that and then like that Indo thing was like I'm doing dresses and then that that was kind of the coolest thing is then I'm like I'm getting to spend time around guys like Thai Buddha and so Mikala were you doing and, both things the yeah so I'm, so I'm buying and... I'm taking the pearls on on layaway basically right or whatever I'm gonna pay that back yeah so I'm taking the pearls and then I'm and then I sell those and I get the US cash then I take the cash and I go to Bali, trade the money, and I get this cool exchange rate. You know, I'm like, okay, cool. So we'd always like play this joke. Okay, if the rate is 1.2, then we don't get to go to the mentalize. But if the rate's 1.6, then we get to go to the mentalize. You know, like we trade in like, yeah, like 20, 30 grand in, in US cash to pay for this next year. You need to make sure the bills are crispy. Exactly. You make Only sure no wrinkles. No wrinkles. <laughs> crispy. No and then only go to the BCAs and yeah, you know the deal. Like don't go to money changers, only go to the banks. And oh, yeah, wow. I had I had really oh, cool yeah. mentors that helped us in that. But then I would, so then I would get the dresses and then I would take those to Tahiti. And then when we'd Which sell, yeah. So then we'd pricey. sell, yeah, exactly. So they're like, like I had so many funny stories. Like so, you got to pay tax on all this shit, right? Like you got to pay an import tax at some point. You're running like a kind of a business. Mm -hmm. Well, I wasn't. And I, and I look back and it's like, fuck, like maybe I could have built credit and maybe had a house by now or something. I don't know, whatever. Like we were just like hustling, hustling, but like 
Take into consideration. I don't want to go too big, but I want to stay under the radar. Uh, Kawhi, I'm living in a freaking 40-foot container on a buddy's farm that had an outhouse with a five-gallon bucket to, to for the bathroom. And we were paying 200 bucks to live in this container. And my chick was just like, you're out of your fucking mind. And I just kind of had this theory. I was like, I was like, hey, if we, if we work really hard and we make money... And every three weeks we'll go on a trip somewhere, and then we'll be in Bali in a villa. Yeah, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, like this container. And then this container, yeah, it'll yeah. be worth it because we're on Kauai, and that's yeah. pretty sick too. You know, we can surf on the land. Like, because I'm doing like we go back to Kauai, and her life wasn't that bad. Like, I'm I'm doing lessons for people like that lady and just whatever. And then she's like learning how to surf at Hanalei. She's like, oh, this is rad. You know, like things were really cool. You know, yeah. and then and then I'm kind of paying. So I'm I'm doing the thing, selling the dresses in Tahiti, and then we would pay her dad back in francs. So it's like we took, we, we owed in francs from the beginning. So we, you know, got US dollar, then got Indonesia rupiah, and then took the rupiah, bought the clothes, and then changed that back into francs. Yeah. So then we were able to pay him back. At and what's, what's crazy is you take the the pearls, make it in the US. But it's less. Yes, exactly. No, that's the thing. That's why I think back to the beginning of the story is that like, her dad was a surfer, so he kind of knew, like, he's I know what you're doing. Yeah. He was like, he he gave me one of the greatest gifts, you know. Like, that would have never been possible had he not freaking um, kind of saw what we were doing. Plus, it was like, freaking, I'm taking your daughter around the world. Like, I yeah. got to go, like, see Europe for the first time and road trip around. And, like, it was like, it was like I, I wasn't even, I was never home. I was always on the road. And, like, and if I wasn't, you know, I was getting to sit in Tahiti and cruise around. And, That's you know, it was incredible. A sick, it was a sick, sick time. So, how, how long... Did did you create a brand or did you just like she had a brand we had a, we had a, we sold the 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 clothes under or the pearls under a name it was like it was named it was her name Kahaya Pearls and then we had a clothing brand the brand was called Pineapple Culture like pineapple was like Moode is considered the pineapple island of Tahiti of, of French Polynesia and then Hawaii's always been called like the pineapple state so I kind of was like oh like kind of the melting of two worlds you know like, yeah. like pineapple culture and it was it was more just like a very like vanilla name just it was more just about like Let's just sell these fucking dresses. Yeah. It wasn't like I, she was trying to be a designer and I wasn't trying to be some fucking yeah. mogul. It was more just like, we need to wash this money so we can pay back for all these waves that we got to catch, you know? Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, it was like, I wasn't... So, like, just to give you the one funny story was, is like, we get to Tahiti, I remember, and freaking, it was like, it was that crazy toast swell when, when, when you know, Cola got that wave or whatever. And I remember just, fuck, we're at the airport and it's just every big wave surfer on the planet's on the flight. It's like, Dorian, Laird... Dave Wassel, Reef, freaking Kalani Chapman, just like, holy shit, this is like, it was one of the crazy, like, to this day, like, I've been on, like, whatever you call these strike swells, and like, that swell was fucked up. Like, you're at Honolulu Airport, and you're like, oh my god, like, everybody and their mom's going to this swell. I remember just thinking, like, the giant board bags and Yeah, just whatever, and I just remember, like, me and my chick are coming, we had just been in Lakey Peak for, like, two weeks, you know, surfing, and then I went to Bali, picked up the dresses, and flew straight to Honolulu, so we're kind of like, Okay, here we go. And we had our, you know, we had our three coffins, and there's no boards in them. It's just dresses. So I had freaking just stuffed it with as many women's clothing that we were gonna sell. So everyone's like grabbing their boards to go surf chops, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'll see you guys in a few days. We gotta get, you know. But I just remember we're at the customs, and everyone's good getting through, and and we're like, frick, what do we do? Like, like maybe this is the time they're gonna open this board bag. Like, there's so many surfers because like Tahiti is like mm. one of the strictest customs now because they don't want people like. For example, Tahitians will come to America, they'll buy a computer, put a bunch of stickers on it, and then say, oh, no, no, this is mine. Because if not, you have to pay a 50% import tax. Damn. It's like almost buying something twice. Yeah. It's like, you know? 
So she was like, frick, like, you know, they're going to open this board bag. And somehow by the grace of God, we're like, we're all finished up and or everyone's kind of going through. And I'm like, oh, and, and then like, we're like the last two board bags or three board bags come through and somehow Ray Mana like comes out and he has no clue what I'm doing. Nothing. Right. He just goes, he goes, he goes, Hey, what's up, brother? You need help with these board bags? And he's friends with all the customs guys. So the customs guy goes, Mana, come bring your friend. Bro, we get escorted through customs with all our clothes. And like, I just remember, like, we got on the sidewalk and we we're just like, yes, like, what like feeling. we fucking made it. You know, like, I think that might have been one of the last big, you know, like, yeah, like, never do that again. That was like really, that was like our whole summer's that, fun. Yeah, been that's gone. your whole profit right yeah. there. And that's what I mean. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like condone, promote, condone yeah. this activity or behavior. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Because my little brother, too, he's always like... He's but like, it's part of your story, and that's... Exactly. We, we appreciate you sharing Dude, it, because this incredible. is... incredible. Yeah, yeah, no, I just... Whatever. It's like, everyone was doing what they had to do to go yeah. surfing. I kind of knew, like, like I wasn't going on anybody's dollar but my own, and yeah. freaking, I'm just going to... But I wanted to surf the same waves as everybody, and... What's heavy is you weren't selling drugs. You were selling pearls and freaking strongs and dresses. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's dresses. Right. Well, that's what I said. I was like, I was, I was like, it's like, no, I'm hurting anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, like, I feel like... Selling drugs, it's that's a that's a shitty thing. That's a you shitty. Me, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't like bringing meth to take you. Yeah, someone was like, "Wow, I'm bringing dresses to make yeah. your girls look good, so you guys can take them out. Like you're gonna be pumped." That's like, an honest living. Yeah, right? exactly. Like yeah, yeah. So so, anyways, that kind of came to an end, and 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 me and the girl kind of broke up, and and I had my um, I always had my surf thing going, the the uh, the um, the surf coaching, and then um, I guess we'll kind of just get to where. Where, yeah, yeah, I with mean, the brand is so basically during that Tahiti time and that whole like me trying to be on the North Shore or whatever is like um, this guy, our friend, uh, our friend was who and who is now in jail for a long time for selling drugs. He freaking um, he's the one that named me Black Bear. So I was like on an analog trip, and I remember we scored Tame, which is like the beautiful right hander that's on Mahuda, and it's pretty much all over the internet now, so it's not a secret, but. We went there and it was like a Bud Light trip, like Benji and Freddie P and those guys were doing this trip. And I remember Kamale, like Kamale's just so wild and crazy. He's like, we were doing like a surf school at home, like kind of teaching little kids how to surf and, and, and kind of we're working all summer raising money. And he was like, he's all right. I heard that they're, 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 they're going to the Bud Light trip down to Tahiti. We should go. Cause then there's going to be photographers and then we can get our photo taken, you know, and that's our job. Yeah. Cause we're, and I'm like, well, that's your job. My, you know what I mean? I was kind of like, I was like, okay, like, like, let's go, you know, like whatever. So I'm, we're all fired <laughs> up. We go to Tahiti. We freaking score. We get like really fun chokes. And then we score like Tame as good as it gets. Even to this day, one of the best swells like ever. And somehow Freddie P and those guys had never even like heard of the wave or whatever. They were tripping. We're all like, holy shit, it's firing. It was like, you know, pumping like eight foot, like kind of maxing for that wave. And I should remember freaking the night before I snore super loud, like really snore. That's kind of what I'm known for. It's like this crazy snore. And my buddy who we're staying at his house, I'm like snoring super freaking loud. And it's like really stupid. But he had this story of him because he's, he's, he was, he has a baby with Marlon Brando's granddaughter. That's kind of <laughs> where the story comes back. And Marlon Brando and Michael Jackson were somehow best friends, right? In the late Michael night. Jackson. Yeah. Like, like, Beat it, Michael yeah, Jackson. Beat it, Michael Jackson. Okay. Billy Jean. So freaking somehow, somehow, this guy, our buddy Tama, he um, he's dating. No, yeah, yeah, he's with Marlon Brando's granddaughter. 
and freaking has a kid with her and all this. He's just a wild dude and kind of just like, he's not like, you got to watch your back. He's nuts, whatever. Yeah. But he somehow was Kamala's cousin. So Kamala's like, fucking, he's the man. He's going to show us around, whatever. So we're kind of with this wild man all over TD. And then he goes into this crazy story where he like ended up at Michael Jackson's house and freaking he saw a black bear. And just like, it was like the stupidest, like kind of whatever story well but yeah more, he had a full zoo at his like santa yeah. barbara but, like, but if you met our friend he was like a barefoot drug dealer from tea so it was like <laughs> like so benji's like listening to him tell the story he's like there's no fucking way this guy was at michael jackson's yeah. ranch like it was just like so like bizarre concept yeah whatever, right well anyways i'm like the truth is strangers in fiction yeah so i'm like sleeping and then freaking um snoring you're yeah i'm like snoring like, like crazy and then and i wake up and he's like this close to my face and he's like <laughs> He's like, like he'd probably been up all night, God doing devil's work or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right? And he's like, you sleep like beautiful black bear. Like he said in this like Michael Jackson <laughs> tone. And some of the whole house is there. And they're all just <laughs> losing it. They're like, wow. You know, that, that's where it's stuck. Yeah. So then that night, um, you know, freaking Sonny Miller was somehow the, the, the filmer on the trip. Wow. Was so rad, right? And so he's like, he's filming and, and like, like, you know, I guess looking back, it was like, it was like, fuck man, like you're out at one of the best waves in the world and it was kind of too big. So most, everyone's kind of washed out or I just remember it was like me, Kamala and Benji and, and I just remember being like, this is fucking amazing, bro. Like, like we're surfing world-class waves with one of my favorite surfers. Like, this is insane. And then I ended up getting like one, like, you know, whatever, really amazing killer ride and freaking, uh, you know, Sonny Miller's like, who the hell was that on that wave? And then freaking, everyone's like. That's black the bear. black bear and then fucking <laughs> and then it's st- stuck. it stuck and then you know then all of a sudden that winter I went to the North Shore and I remember I fucking kind of got a wave at pipe or whatever and I remember walking up the beach and freaking Marcus Hickman was like not bad black bear and I was like I guess that's it I guess that's my name like yeah, you know what I mean it was just, like and then, then like it kind of yeah then like Makua and like it just kind of stuck and I was kind of like well fuck that ain't that bad of a nickname I've heard worse you know what I mean name. yeah exactly so like that kind of stuck and then um so then whatever, I'm kind of running that and I had an Instagram and whatever. And then, and then when I started doing the coaching thing, like, I don't want to sound too kooky, but it was just like, everyone had their surf schools and everyone was like, you know, like everyone thought of like a surf instructor, like, like, so I, people would be like, Oh, what do you do for a job? And I'd be like, Oh, I do surf lessons. And like, I could just see people's face. Like they, they didn't really take you seriously. You know, they're like, they're like Oh, well, that's cool. You know, and they're thinking like, you're yeah. thinking like Joe Schmo down at the pier with like zinc on his nose and yeah. a bunch of soft tops. And I'm like, I'm thinking like, oh, it's kind of like private jets and wave pools and like, yeah. it's like way cooler thing, you know, yeah. but, I, but you don't want to like, you don't want to yeah. say yeah, that because yeah. then you sound like a douchebag, you yeah. know, like I sound like a douchebag sitting there, you know, so I was just like, I was like, how are we going to get taken seriously, Rock? I was like, I'm getting more, I'm making more money now than I've ever did busting tables and doing everything, you know, and I was kind of like, frick, so then I... I had always drawn the teeth on my boards since like, you know, I wrote an analog 2010, 29. So I'd always like drawn the teeth because like in the eighties, everyone had a spray job that was kind of their thing, right? Like freaking. So you just did a big oversized. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, oh, these big jaws, like freaking did these big teeth. And then I kind of made different renditions. And then eventually I just kind of stuck like 10 teeth on the board. Like that's my thing. Like, you know, and then at home, everyone kind of knew, like, like they do, you know, like, oh, fangs are out, like, you know, black bear or whatever, and it kind of stuck, you know, and I was like, okay, cool, that's, like, my thing, and then, um, but I was so focused on the pearls and the dresses, because that was kind of paying the bills, and then, it's kind of what happened when me and the chick kind of broke up, she was just like, 
like we had a great run, but we kind of realized it's like, I didn't want to live in Tahiti full time. I wasn't ready to have a kid. I wasn't ready to get married. I still kind of was like, Look, we're going to chase this around the world dream. And she yeah. was kind of like, I want, you know, I want a kid, you know, yeah. whatever. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. So it kind of fell apart. And then she was like, Hey, whatever happens though, like that teeth, like you got, you got to do something like that's your passion. Like, like I told you in the story, it's like when I was 15, I kind of always saw myself as like, I want to build a brand and I want like, and like, like it always like, it wasn't like, I want to build a brand and I want to make money. It was like, I was like, fuck, how can I like do something that like all my friends can be a part of or people that I really like want to be with or hang with so that we can like keep doing what we're doing and surfing and, you know, and obviously that it's changed a lot and the, and the people in my life have changed. But I think the purpose has always been the same as like, like even with my lessons is like, I remember Tyler Newton, you know, he's like always been kind of the Grom and ripping and winning the shootout and like fucking, we've always just been everyone on Kauai, like, Everyone will say what they want about each other, but at the end of the day, like, we're all brothers. Like, everyone fucking backs each other 100%. Like, you grew up with us, you, you know, everyone kind of gravitates and gives good energy to that person. So I remember kind of like, I was like, fuck, dude, like, like, you should do lessons. Like, like I know it sounds kooky, but like... To Tyler. Yeah, I was like, yeah. but you have a sticker on the front of your board that kind of makes it sound like, like, you're legit, you're a pro surfer, you know what I mean? Like, at the time... Uh, Richie at Volcom was like sponsoring me because I was like sick I gotta, I gotta I'm, I'm riding for Volcom but I'm giving lessons like it sounds real kooky but it was like surf but, good but it enough does give to you kind like, pull this what, off like so. what you said like legitimacy in some sort kind of because like but, people they're not gonna take advice from you unless they like believe it I, guess. I wanna get a, I wanna get surf lessons or surf coaching or whatever from this guy or the pro surfer yeah and you like, know which comes down to the sticker and the vibe and who yeah. you're associated with and it's like Dude, I want to go with the fucking badass over here. Yeah. You know, not the guy that just says, I, yeah, I, I you know, yeah. like, I can stand up. Yeah. I can teach you how to stand well, like up. A good, like, a good example is like, like, a close friend of mine is the kid Andrew Jacobson that rides for Vistler, right? And he's like, he's kind of the only pro surfer in LA County, kind of like from, from Malibu ish area. You know, Perillo's like doing what we're doing, doing surf coaching or whatever. And I kind of was telling him the other night, I was like, like bro, you got to keep that sticker on as long as you can. Like, because if you think about it too, like, for the brand, you're an ambassador of surfing. Like you're fucking teaching people legitimately how to surf, telling them what gear to buy. Like it sounds so kooky, but it's kind of where the voice of surfing. And then you go around California and you realize how many great surfers are doing it. Like fucking look at Yaden, bro. Like me and him are joking around. Like he's like, dude, you got back surgery. Like it's all those pushes. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, there's guys that are like, yeah, a part of the tribe, and you don't even realize it. Everyone's Sam kinda, Hammer has a oh, but he's been surf he's, he's an OG at that. Yeah. He's the man. He's yeah. the guy. Those are the boys. And but but, but uh, um, Freitas, Freitas, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Great surfers who yeah. were like, but like, they found their like exactly. Honestly, though, like it's another entrepreneurial adventure. For, for yeah. sure. No, it's like, another of just like, I got to do what I got to do yeah. so that I can keep surfing. You know what I mean? And I, I love it because surfing has matured and become popular and it gives, that's kind of a newer option what you do, right? For sure. It wasn't a job a few years ago. Not really. You know? but and it wasn't even a demand. It was like a side hustle to like, I could keep me maybe get to my next surf trip to now. It's like, dude, a fucking legitimate business. Bro, and guys so like Wingnut are making six figures, oh. fully cruising like that guy. And oh. he does, and he provides a great service and yeah. he does his trip. Like, look at, like, yeah. we're like, going to go golf. We're going to go on a fishing mm-hmm. uh, fishing day and then we're going to go surf cruiser it's, killer waves. It's, it's a surf experience. experience. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not paying for the, put. like, like Laird told me the other day, he's like, so it's funny how your friends, they think that they, the people pay you for you to touch their tail. 
it's all the things that led up to that yeah. moment. And you're like, fuck, I get you, you know? It sounds yeah. kooky, but it is. like that's, Yeah, it's not kooky, man. Yeah. I think to capitalize on, on your experience, right, and the love of surfing and you're making money from it, making a living from it, that's... That's an American dream too, but, you, know, you know, like that's your passion, right? And it comes second nature to you, but your experience and them learning from you, that's... Well, we talk about like... It's so easy, but then, so like not everybody can do it, you know what I mean? But we talk about how like your best wave, like what, if you could have a best wave right now, yeah, it's a fucking 10 foot bomb at Chopu, you know, like to get that like endorphin that psych and be like dude that i can't you're kicking out of that you're killed like the people you're teaching or other surf coaches like happened today yeah yeah (laughs) and sometimes i get really jealous i'm like these people can tap in they're getting easily you can help them you see that like glow and that high after this them going straight on a little wave and that's the power of surfing and you get to give that back. Yeah, that's what I mean. It sounds cliche, but it's like... It's but a, it's true. Like in Hawaii, we call it like a mana exchange, right? It's like you're purely exchanging power for power with something like... I don't know. Pretty, but everybody's perception is different. Yeah. You know? Like your, your experience and where you're at and what you've seen in your life. And it's like me and him. Like, you know what? New Ways were so fun and killed it. And it's like, I look at the cam and I'm like, what? Huh? And he's so psyched. I'm like, I need yeah. something a lot better to yeah, get me yeah, fucking psyched. Yeah. But... But perception is reality, but right? Perception is reality. It is yeah. what you know what it is. So. But but yeah, going back to you know, like you're making a living, but yet it's really rewarding because you're get, you're you're making people's freaking smile. Yeah. That's sick. what I mean. Like back to like I didn't have Come to on. sell drugs to no. do it, so yeah. that's pretty sick. So 2010 is when you started doing this, or the surf school you, stuff. Yeah. No, I'm doing surf school like right out of high school. It's so like 20. 2006, 2007, I'm like, that's why it's like, my 10,000 hours passed long yeah. time ago. That's why I like, so I guess where we're at is like, I freaking, so I'm kind of like, I fell into this space now. I'm like, okay, like surf coaching is my thing. The pearls, the dresses, Bali, that's kind of gone. I got to spend a lot of great times and, and whatever, but like right now I'm in this other thing. So then I'm kind of being open-minded, like, all right, like fuck it. So then I start like meeting new clients and Kauai starting to change a lot too. And you know, it's just like, like, it's just different. You know, all of a sudden, like freaking, you know, price of living is getting really expensive. People from other places are moving over. It's just kind of like the story that's being told a million times, but it's like, it's getting difficult. So I'm kind of like, fuck, like, what, like, what am I going to do? Whatever. Well, shit. Like I end up doing what's easiest is I just start working for these people. I'm like, shit, like they're here already. Like, I'll, you know, sometimes I see myself as like a part of the problem, but then I'm like, whatever bro. I can't worry about what other people are thinking about plus like these people are putting food on my table and like yeah. and like on Kauai like I mean like a lot of people know is like fuck I back a lot of people like silently or unsilently like I help a lot of people and make things happen you know and, and I've always done my best and that's why people kind of back me and that's why like even like with my brand it's just been funny is like the people who have always tried to like kind of piss on my parade or whatever I'm like just jealous yeah or yeah. just like who are they? Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like freaking my friends, like they're not, they're, they're, they're gnarly they're guys. Yeah, they're, they're fired up. They're, they're like, like, Hey, yeah, how like, can I get doing? Yeah. They're asking you. Or just like, how can we help? Or like, yeah. you know, and, and it's just like, Whoa, shit. Okay. So then you start, I realized too, like with businesses, like you really start to realize who are your real friends. You yeah. know, people who are really like, just care for you and want you to like kind of do your trip or whatever. So I basically, you know, I, I feel like this story is going long, but it's like, 
I basically break up with that chick and I freaking, I, uh, I start making some calls and all of a sudden I'm like, fuck, I guess I'm going to New York. I go to, I end up in Montauk, like Mikey O'Shaughnessy, Mikey Red, like we're in Tahiti together and he's like, bro, I'm going to New York to do surf lessons. Like, bro, that's where the money's at. And I was like, okay. So then I call Reef and I'm all, I'm all, fuck, I'm thinking of going to New York. And he's like, oh, call this guy, Charlie, you know, you, you know, Charlie, he'll, he'll hook you up. And so my Charlie's dad, this guy, Chuck, he's like the unofficial mayor of Montauk and Montauk's like, East Hampton, you know, so all of a sudden I'm like, okay, this is like a different world. So then I fly up there and I'm, I'm only supposed to be there for like three weeks. I end up staying for like three months. I'm just like, fuck, I'm doing surf lessons out in Montauk and freaking making friends with, you know, all those boys, like the whalebone crew and just like freaking kind of like, whoa, shit. Like, like New Yorkers so cool. are like, they're like Hawaiians stuck on the other side of the world. Like they're just <laughs> super like, when I first got up there. Gritty. Yeah. Just like, I feel like. Like California, sometimes people are like, oh, where are you from? And you're like, oh, Hawaii. And they're like, oh, right on, cool. Like there's there's Johnny Good vibes. Everything's all killer. New York, they're like, they're like, oh, where are you from? And you're like, oh, Hawaii. They're like, oh, well, fuck you. And you're yeah. just like, whoa, okay. Like yeah. it's kind of like you have to earn their, yeah. you know. And I and I and I really like. There's I have friends over there that I consider like brothers. They're like great people, you know. So I end up doing like like Hawaii winters and doing still traveling in Tahiti whatever and then I, I would spend the falls in in Montauk for five years so I was just like fuck it this is where we're gonna go and and I just figured same thing it's like I started making connections and started working for you know I, I was working for you know a, a really famous powerful dude and he's like he's all listen man you ever heard of the Hamptons classic and I'm all no what's that he's all it's the most expensive horse show in the world he's all horse show yeah horse show and he goes people that go to horse shows they can afford your lessons. And I'm like, all right. So I go down there and go there like, and network. Yeah. I'm just networking, meeting these finance dudes and kind of like, all right. Like, he, he, cause it's like, it's, it's, it's a little different. It's like surf school. It's a numbers game. You want to get as many people as you can surf coaching. You're just trying to get like, you're just trying to f- meet a few or maybe even one client that you really connect with and kind of yeah. like, all right, man, like we're off to the races. Cause the other thing too is like surfing at this time. It's like, it's the new golf. You and, know it, I mean? and, yeah. and those, and those type of people want, private they want exclusivity yeah. they want like cater they want who oh you got the guy freaking that grew up down the street that yeah. surf coach i got the fucking boy yeah. from fucking Kauai. this guy came all the way from hawaii yeah this exactly. is like, like they want like a little bit of, your cloud is like yeah like, teva walks out with his portfolio <laughs> and, and shows him at chopu or fucking <laughs> no and goes you want less from this guy no and right? it sounds it sounds super dorky <laughs> but it sounds but super ego it's marketing dorky. no You're, but your like, life has been your marketing. I like towed into some some wave at Chopes and freaking, and I remember I was like working for this big record producer guy and freaking he's like, we're like you know kind of partying whatever and he's like bragging to his friends or something. And he goes he goes oh yeah like like how big of waves have you surfed you know common number one question how big yeah. have you seen a shark have you been to Nazareth <laughs> have you ever seen a great white and yeah like, you know so I was like surfing. I was like but I should remember going like. And he's like, I'm going to Google you. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I ain't no Reef Macintosh. I'm not, you know, I'm not a famous pro service. I'm thinking, like, I wonder what pops up. Google's my name. Just me on a 15-foot toe bomb. I'm like, that's right. Like, I was like, it was just like a full, like, and then I, that's when I started, you know, I kind of. Fuck, I need to use it. Oh, yeah. exactly. And then yeah. I was like, that's why I was like, I was telling Newton. I was like, dude, you're a fucking backdoor champ. Fucking Google your name. There's, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. clout here. Like, I, I know it sounds lame, but like. Like, it's not. Like, it didn't, it's not like I'm making this up. Like, we did it, and what, it's there. There's and, a saying, you know, use what what your mama gave you or whatever yeah. it is, you know? Like, it's yeah. something like that where 
or just use your strengths. Yeah, you know? it's not like because like, it's not like I'm it's not like I'm lying to people. You yeah. know what I mean? No, it's like, it's, like to, it's and you don't want to like brag, but you want to differentiate yourself with, exactly. with the group yeah. that, and the competition. And be so like, when I I saw that, I just remember thinking like like a light went off in my head. I was just like, I was like, okay, fucking like yeah, there's surf lessons, but then like there's what we do. You know what I mean? Like we offer something different, and like and then I knew friends all over the world, so I kind of was like. I was like, you know, like I had friends who were like, oh, like we're going to Europe. Like, what do you think? I'd be like, fuck, call my friend Nick Varner up. He can show you guys around and take you around Portugal and do this whole yeah. trip. They're like, what? Killer. Like, and I'm like, oh, we're going to Bali. Like, what do you think? Like, oh, call my friend Ty Buddha. He'll freaking show you around single fan, blah, blah. Like, oh, you want to go to Mexico? Like, call Brian Con. It was just like, I was just like kind of pulling people out of my hat. Just like, well, fuck, I've been there and those are my boys. They'd be stoked to make a little, you know, like, yeah. and I was just kind of like, just, networking. yeah, networking and, you know, and like, and then it kind of fell into a couple trips. All of a sudden it's like, I did a trip where we like, we like the initial trip was just to go to Iceland, and then I remember we got there and and uh, we we got fun waves and it was freezing cold and it was a sick experience. And all of a sudden I was like, I just kind of told you, I was like, saw him like paying for the black card with everything, and I was just like, you want a real experience, bro? Let's call Jerome and go to Morocco. All of a sudden we're freaking scoring Safi. Then we're like, okay, let's call Nick and go to Nazareth and go check that. It's like you as a surfer, and I'm not just saying this like like I have these skills. Like every surfer has these connections. Like. If you've been around and traveled enough and, and did, like, like, even us, like, we've never met, but, like, our we have a lot of weird interweb things. Mm-hmm, or you know sure. what I mean? So, it's, like, that's why I was just kind of trying to tell my friends, I'm like, I'm like, you have more contacts than you think. It's just you've never been forced to have to use them. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, yeah. So, then I was, like, I was doing the, so, then I'm, like, okay, the teeth is our thing, and, and that's what we're doing, and freaking, you know, you know, get a little website going. And like, but at this point, it's more just, like, I'm trying to brand us like like you know the, the the name is mine obviously i'm the nickname whatever but like you didn't even know that that was why i named it when i came in here right like so if people don't really identify black bear as me they just kind of that's the name of the brand and then the teeth and all that it's like i just wanted it to like kind of embody what we're trying to do does that make i don't know so yeah so anyways it's like fast forward is that like you know i had a, i had a friend who did really well in the contest and he had the hat on and Brophy and those guys called him out. They're like, dude, you ride for Ruka. I don't know what this teeth is, but you got to get it off. You can't wear that. You know what I mean? And and and, it, and at first I was like, you know, of course you're like, bro, what? Like, like we're just trying to do our trip. And then I was like, okay, okay. wait a minute. You tried to do this game before. You know exactly what's going on. So then what are we? You know? So I was like, we're wax. I went and got wax made. And I was like, we're a wax brand. That's why the sticker's on the board. And that's why the hat, you know, whatever. And then And then wax went from like, fuck let's do pads boom like you know i was kind of like trying to use like almost like the um the diamond supply business model right it's like diamond supply co was the nuts and bolts right but then they had like the craziest skate team because nick is like getting like the boys from girl and you know and it's getting they're just like building a team but like no one like like no one really knew that they were a clothing brand they were like no no we're we're a, we're a hard we're a hard goods company yeah. you know what i mean so I was like, well, frick, surfing's the same thing, man. I'm like, these are all my friends, and these are all the people that I want to surround myself. But, but I'm not a Hurley. I'm can't not afford them. Yeah, but yeah. They're you can't chomp on what they're getting paid. Exactly, on. and I also don't want like like I have too much respect for the people who have built those brands. So I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to go like, oh, fuck them. Like we're coming in. Like you know, I'm kind of more like, okay, like like let, let's yeah. let's do this. How let's, do you? Yeah, because I'm wanna, create. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to. I'm not trying to like make waves in a negative way I'm just kind of like is there space for us to squeeze in here like you know you're diversifying your portfolio bro I'm all dude we're selling dresses and pearls now we're doing this like at the end of the day I'm just trying to get back to Pasquale so I can do some step offs like I'm not trying to you know 
So anyways, that's the, and, so and the wax leash, uh, tail pads. So and, we're doing wax and tail pads and then we're, you know, and then, and then, um, and then I'm starting to do some little clothes and then kind of got the softboards going and then, um, and then freaking COVID hit and freaking, it was just, you know, you know how it was, it was like the whole, the whole world shut down and it was just like, shit, like, whoa, that, so I, I was, I was trying to go legit at the time and I was like, okay, I want to do a real surf school. So the six months prior to COVID, I was like leasing a permit. The town that I live in, you need a permit to do surf lessons. I'm sure it's like that. Here. Everywhere. I pretty much was running no permit for years. And one of the surf schools actually like came down and put me in jail. I was like spent a day in jail, kind of like, whoa, like, you know, paid a big, like, you know, whatever it was, like $800 fine and kind of got arrested in front of everybody. I just felt kind of dumb. I was just like, because especially when you go out and the judge is like, what are you in here for? And you're like, surf lessons? Like you just nothing hard about that exactly. did, all you have to do is go get signed a freaking paper and well, pay a little fee well, no like yeah. Hawaii there's a there's there's a set number there's no applying for new ones oh, so it was kind of like I did it out in necessity I was like hey man like people want to go and I don't have a permit I'm, you know it was like a weird I've you know obviously from now I've I kind of worked weird loopholes or worked with schools or whatever but at the time I was just doing out of necessity I had to make money and you know so anyways I I, I was leasing a permit and I was doing the school and then COVID's coming and like, I've already invested in Google ads and boards and like, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, we're going to be, you know, got, finally got a little money, you know, by like four grand of my name or something, which is a lot of money for me. I was kind of like, okay, like fucking let's, let's build this school. And, uh, and we're, we're doing good. And then COVID hits bro, and, and, uh, Kauai was gnarlier than anywhere else because there was, there was like, when it happened, it was, it was a full lockdown. People couldn't leave their houses between, um, I think it was nine and nine at night to six in the morning, you know, it was like full lockdown. You weren't allowed out of your house. And then during the day, you weren't allowed to go to the beach unless you were just going for a swim. You weren't allowed to hang out and lay out on the beaches. And, and then for tourists to come into the Island, it was a 10 day quarantine. So if you flew in, you had to like stay somewhere and you know, whatever, I don't, you guys know, like yeah, most yeah, people really. are listening, they know what the whole deal is. So this is all going on. And then I run into this, like, you know, we all know them, kind of surf, surfing cowboys, I call them. They're just kind of, they're like modern day pirates. And I run into this guy that I know and he's like, hey, what's up? He's like, he's like, what are you doing these days? And he's like, you're not doing nothing. There's no tourists visiting Hawaii. He's like, you got no job, you know? And it was kind of like a weird, like, I was like, no, man, I'm kind of tripping on, you know, I have no money. I had no money at this point. Like I, you got to remember, I don't, I, all that businesses that we talked about, I didn't pay taxes. I didn't have anything on paper. Like I'm kind of a piece of shit in that way excuse my language but it's like freaking so when everyone's getting the 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 money every month bro, i'm getting nothing i don't qualify for nothing so i'm just like, you're off the books yeah exactly so i'm just like and like some friends are like joking they're like ah that's what you get for all the fun you've been having like you know like it's time you know and like yeah. hey now as as i would consider myself an adult now that i'm in my back half of my 30s i'm like yeah like i, I was I was kind of running it hard. I didn't really know any other way though. I was just like, whatever. My whole head was at that time. was like, I just want to get to the next surf trip. I was living surf trip to surf trip. Then all of a sudden COVID hit everything, whatever. So anyways, this guy was like, fuck, why you, you know, when you come to Alaska and come fish for salmon and freaking, it was like, I was like, shit, you know, whatever. And you know, these guys crazy. signed up freaking. I was like, and you gotta remember it's like, I'm, I'm a guy that's been traveling nonstop. Like I wasn't on the QS or something, but I'm living out of a board bag. Like, I'm like freaking. So all Bali. of a sudden, yeah. So like adventure's yeah. gone. I'm like, this guy's like Alaska. You think you're freaking, you know, you think you're made of something? When you come up to Alaska, I'm thinking like, 
fuck yeah, I'm, I'm made of something. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I want to go. So yeah. somebody calling you I'm out. I'm a man. You're wrong. Exactly. Look at my hands, exactly. fucker. Exactly. I can rip fish out of the fucking... Uh. I've been on a, a yacht in Mentawi. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a freaking cruise. No, you're talking about fucking... Uh, a 30-foot boat with a five-gallon bucket in the back to shit in, and that's it, bro. You're freaking on the water. We're on the water for like six weeks, you know? So I freaking leave, and, and I go up there, and you got to remember, it's like freaking is like Black Lives Matters parades or riots are in the streets, the George Floyd, you know, we like land in Seattle, I remember, to like in between flights and the, there's like riots in Seattle going down and like freaking just everything was kind of nuts, you know, I'm just like, holy shit. And then you get to Alaska, where we are, you're in, um, you're in Naknek, there's no, um, they have their own service. So like AT&T doesn't work. So my phone, like, for six weeks, I didn't even have a phone. So there no contact with the outside this, world. No this nothing. guy says, hey, you're not going to make any money here. You're going to, whatever. You should You're come. Quarantine. You should come with me and fucking work on this fishing boat. Yes. And you'll make how much money? 20 grand, 30 yes. grand? Yes. You got to remember, it's like, I'm like, I'm, I don't have any money, but I got this brand and I'm really feeling hype. I'm really feeling myself. I'm like, fuck, I feel like this thing could really blow up if I could just so get someone to. You do this for how long? I'm thinking I'm going to jump on this boat. Seed money I'm going to make some money and then I'm going to go. You know, I, I thank God I had like a like a fairy godmother, this woman Janet, that's just like kind of like always had a, a house, a couch to sleep on, and always had. I always I used to coach her son, who's who's my godson, and kind of like me and Kamala were kind of like her Hanaid sons. The Hanai is like your um, step adopted or, sons yeah. in Hawaiian. Hawaiian. So she kind of like you know took care of me and him. So I'm thinking like, fuck, I'll just go on this boat and then I'll I'll go to Malibu and I'll post up and I'll start building my brand. I'll have this money and. You know, like who the, lived in Malibu? Her? Yeah, she lived okay. in Malibu, and, and then the people I work for lived in Malibu too. So mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, like, okay, Hawaii shut down and surf lessons don't exist, but but California at some point the shit's got to turn back on, and, and I'll tap back into that. But for right now, I'm kind of on this fishing adventure. You yeah, know? it's hard work. So like, for people who don't know, it's like, so crabbing is considered the deadliest job in the world, right? Deadliest yeah. catch is the deadliest job. Salmon, they call it the hardest job on the planet. So it's like, it's once the fish start running, it's nonstop sleep. You don't sleep, you know what I mean? Because if you're sleeping, then money, you're losing money. You know, you want to be catching the fish as they run. And like, like I've been to Africa and seen like the great migration in the Serengeti or whatever. And it's like something happens where like, same with the wildebeest, they just all of a sudden decide like, oh, we're going to run north to the, to the Maasai Mara. Like the salmon are out there and they just, they just kind of like, it's like we're make, exactly. Yeah. It's just like they make it. Are you... So you're, we're, netting? we're gill netting. Yeah, we're laying down like 250 fathoms of net and freaking, you know, catch the story was, is, is the guys I'm fishing for, they're, they're cheating. They're, 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 they're on the freaking, you know, <laughs> devil's dandruff. You know, it's like freaking, these guys aren't sleeping. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, fuck, this is a different world. You know, I didn't, you know, I party and stuff, but I don't do that. You know, I'm not that guy. But so, they got like a you get a quota and you got to fill it and then guys, you can exactly get in and out. so like freaking you know everyone's got their way to stay up but you better stay up basically so I freaking all of a sudden I'm out here with these guys and I'm fishing and the captain like he's freaking crazy and he's and he's bigger than me and he's just got these fucking big old hands and he's just calling me the n word all day and I'm just tripping I'm like whoa bro how did I end up on this boat with these guys that I've never even seen lay vertical yet like this is nuts you know what I mean like. It's nuts. It's just yeah, like, it was a yeah. crazy trip, and I don't want to like waste the podcast talking about. No, it. No, it's fucking crazy. A lot of people that watched, fish is we, like we watch like, your shows. Yeah, you go you go up there and like there's there's like 
hungry college kids that are doing the job or like there's old salty dogs are doing whatever and then there's basically like a very small per- or maybe bigger percentage than you think of just like kind of drug addicts that are freaking up there to make yeah. a shit ton of money so they can go back to and like party yeah exactly you make the, for them they're making like they can make a quarter million in this like six to eight week stretch and then freaking they're back so it's like it's kind of like boy scouts on fucking meth is basically what it is oh it's gnarly God. it's a fuck and it's not just like it's part of the culture you know what i mean it wasn't just like the boat i was on or something yeah like that, so yeah it's definitely the culture we've, we've heard some some stuff like that you know so like, i end up just like fishing for this guy and we just have this crazy story like three guys quit before we even leave some freaking tweaker chick like fucking tries to pull a gun on me and i'm just like this is fucking Woo! i'm all whoa bro this is alaska this is fucking wild, wild deadliest, west. deadliest cast, catch catch is fucking breaking bad i'm all whoa bro this is nuts and then it is breaking bad it's nuts so anyways we freaking anyways we end up freaking um we kind of like start catching you gotta remember as covid's going on like the fish is only worth what restaurants will pay. Well, if restaurants aren't open, no one's yeah. paying for the fish. So basically halfway through the season, a guy kind of tells me, he goes, hey man, like the f- price of the fish is usually $1.50. It's dropped to 30 cents. Oh. So I kind of just have this like, um, oh, bro, this is gnarly, you know? How long did you? We're there for six weeks. <sighs> yeah, so like freaking the run had just, I'd, I'd done like three weeks in the harbor and then kind of got in the boat and, you know, whatever, long story short, bro, we freaking, we, you know, the, the best part of the whole thing was, is that me and this guy are kind of fishing for the fish on the back of the boat, bro, and it's, the guy, like, the basically the captains design it so that you, you know, you get 10% of the catch, but if a guy quits, then you can split that guy's catch. Does that make sense? Like, his 10% now gets split amongst you, so we leave the harbor with five guys. Now there's only, there's only, there are five crew and a cap. Three guys bail first two weeks. They're like, we can't handle this. This is gnarly. You know? So now it's just me and the guy, me and this other guy. And freaking, I'm sleeping one night and I hear, or sleeping one day, like kind of taking a cat nap. And I hear them kind of talking, you know, they're like, oh, like, like, what do you think? Like freaking, like, like, and he's like, oh, the kid's gnarly. He's really good. Talking about me. Like, oh, he's strong, you know, whatever. Fuck, I think we just, we work him and then we, you know, like basically. Throw you off no, the- no, no, not throw me out, but just like. Cut, let's yeah. get them to quit. Like, if we've caught enough fish. Let's freaking, yeah. you know. So then yeah. the next day, I'm up on the deck, kind of pretend that I didn't hear them. And then he's giving me the same talk about the guy. So I'm like, well, this guy's pitting us against each other. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. he comes down, kind of like, hey, Jay, like, you're the man. Yeah. Like, I really feel like you're doing it. This like, guy's talking shit yeah, on we're you. we're done on Chalky, bro. I can't even cook. He's done. <laughs> you know, you know? And then Chalky fucking Jay. Yeah. Guy just takes naps, you know, or whatever. Just like, kind of trying to do that. Anyways, we freaking go out for this set and freaking, it's nuts. You have like 500 boats bottlenecked in this tiny little trip. And, you know, you're all kind of playing bumper cars trying to lay your net, you know, because the salmon are coming into the river, right? It's it's coming from the ocean, but they're bottlenecking up into the neck neck river. So yeah. then, like, the top of this river is where you see like the National Geographic, like bears hitting the salmon out of the yeah. waterfall. Like that's happening right a couple there. miles up. But like where we are, we're like... We're, and that's like a surfline report. It's like you're listening to this thing, and then it's like escapement hits one million, which means like the, the enough salmon have made it up to spawn. So then they're like, like game will be open from, and then it'll like say the hours from six a.m. till two or six a.m. to two a.m. the next day. Right? So it's like okay, there's like whatever. How there's like the eighteen hour freaking window, and then you gotta like look at the the charts and be okay. There's a high tide and a low tide and. Okay, so like when the tide ebbs, that's when the fish are gonna run. Like it's just all like kind of like surfing Chaos. almost. You're yeah. Kinda like okay, fuck when the Reading tide ebbs. Exactly. So like, the captain was super nuts. So he's like he's on that. So anyways, we freaking 
we freaking we get into this 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 flow and we, we lay the net down bro and we end up catching like twenty thousand pounds in the net and like that's pretty much gonna sink the boat if we pull it in and like the ocean's nuts and rough and freaking me and the guy that we're working with he's just fucking screaming at me like we're kind of battling you know and we're pulling the fish out of the net and it's like bro your hands are just like none you're on the bearing seat you know what i mean like it's freaking it's it's nuts you're just like how the fuck did i get here you're in sweatpants sweatshirt grundins freaking like i'm covered in fish blood i haven't showered in freaking weeks you know what i mean like you're just like oh this is pretty nuts you know yeah so it's just like and like all my friends know is like, I pretend I'm tough. I ain't a tough guy. Like, I'm a, I'm a big sweetheart teddy bear. Like, I'm just tripping. I'm like, whoa, bro. Like, freaking, I'm just like, you know, you're pounding on, you're working, whatever. And you're just, on adrenaline high. Yeah, you're on adrenaline, whatever. And I, and I remember the freaking, the, the craziest advice I got before we left is this rugby guy was like in the harbor and we're kind of like freaking, you know, doing some shit, whatever. And the guy's, the guy's like, I was like, fuck, you got any advice? And he's like, yeah. He's like, give up hope. He's on live in your existence. And I'm like, oh, my God. He's what like, and, and, it's, and it's such a crazy thing because it's like Getting in your help. life when you're a little kid, you go to school and then you're kind of like, you're like, oh, I, I, I can't wait for breakfast or something. Then you're like, oh, like, like I hope recess comes soon. Oh, I hope lunch comes. And you kind of know things are coming because there's kind of a schedule to your life, right? Like. It's, it sounds crazy, but that's organized. Like, it's organized a little yeah, bit. All of chaos. us have been like, like, you know, oh, I hope this summer comes and then I get to go on this trip. Or, you know, but you go to Alaska, sun never sets. So there's no fucking morning time. There's no night time. There's no freaking, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no nine to five. This is a 24-hour fucking grind. It's like you're in the Truman Show. You watch the sun and it's just about to hit the horizon and they just run sideways for a little bit and then it just goes right back up. Oh, God, that's freaking, so bro, it's amazing. a mind fuck you know like how and how that guy's ha- statement oh yeah no no give so, up hope no so live in your existence. existence and you know what he meant was he's, he's always all don't hope that there's a, that this is the last set don't hope that your hands are going to get warm he's like just live in that existence and just be happy that you're alive and like i swear like and it sounds super crazy but i know because you guys have kids it's like it's kind of how it is with a kid like if you wake up and you hope that they're gonna like like oh like my daughter i'm always like i catch myself like oh i hope she takes a nap today like there you go. Now you've placed some <laughs> false fucking, yeah. you know, sense of security. Sense of security, like this is coming. Like instead, like, yeah. like you wake up and you're like, oh, you're covered in shit. That's cool. Like we're covered in shit. And then yeah. he's kind of, you know, like what it meant more was he was like, whatever's happening in that moment, just live in that moment. Yeah. And I swear, there's like, nothing you can do about it. Don't think about a warm bed, hot yeah. shower, yeah, good meal. All that's meal. gonna do is play mind games. You're gonna be make it harder. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm that, saying? That's yeah. so poignant like and perfect to hear because it crushes your dream that's what it is it's gonna break you down it's gonna break now you're, you now down. you thought you were like you know you're like you're broken you're a broken yeah man. now you're ready to go fish for salmon yeah. like you have given up any plus is like you did that for six weeks yeah, yeah yeah so we're out there and you know whatever it it it, it can get really gnarly and really freaking it's yeah. not the story i want to tell but basically at the end is that we freaking we got this crazy set and we're fishing the fuck out of it. And I just remember we watched this boat kind of ram into another boat. And the guy's got a gun. He shot the other gun and with a hole in the boat. And you're just like, this is the wild. Way. Like, it was like, I'll never forget. It was more crazy, too. I remember I met these kids from Hawaii, like, full, like, little thug, Nana Cooley, like, Hawaiian kind of. They're like, oh, what's up, bro? Fucking, oh, you're doing fishing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 
bro, you know, you got to you gotta get out there. And Kyler said, give me like a pump-up talk. And I actually remember we're out there and we're all laying the nets down. And basically what will happen is like you – it's like dropping in. Like you'll drop in on the set of the day and you're about to catch like all the fish. And Jay just comes and drives his net right in front of you. And they call it corking. And basically, like, like you just blocked me from making 20 grand or 50 grand or whatever. So it's like, it's kind of like, well, guys, livelihoods are on yeah. the line. You know, and I should remember, I look over. They ain't playing fair. I should remember, like, yeah. you gotta remember, it's like, we haven't slept. We're all beaten down. Like, our hands are cold. You're freaking, you're kind of going through them. You know, it's just, it's nuts. It's a yeah. nuts deal. And I remember. You I could die at any fucking moment. Or, 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 or like, freaking one, the boat. at one point, my fucking foot went in the net and it was getting pulled up into the horns, which is like the guider for the nets. So I almost snapped my leg off. I'm just like, holy shit. And then the captain's like, dude, we're getting the season before some guy had lost his arm. So it's like. You know what I mean? Shit's on high alert. Like, do not freaking rest. Do not freaking like. Yeah. Did there, you know this? Kind yeah, of? I kind of did because yeah. one of my friends from high school, when he heard that I was gonna go fish for the guy, he's like, "You already fucking mind, bro." Yeah. And he's like, and he's like a gnarly, boar hunting, crazy tough Holly, yeah. and he's just like, "Bro, you're not made for that shit, bro. It's nuts." You <laughs> know what I mean? And, and no like, one is. Yeah, yeah. And you gotta remember, it's like I'm all. I fucking yeah. That's a big Honolulu. I'll fucking go fishing for yeah. salmon. You know what I mean? Just like your ego sometimes can lead you to some really sick stuff, and then sometimes it can re- lead you like down some lessons you don't really need to learn. You know? Yeah. So, anyways, we freaking do the set, and I just, I'll never forget it. As I just remember, like we had all kind of been on our 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 wits end. You know, we hadn't slept. Freaking, it's just crazy, and and we're setting this line, and I remember I just hear this like this freaking crazy like chee like a full Hawaiian <laughs> chihu and I look over and I see the kid the Hawaiian kid he's like shirt off covered in fish blood like screaming at the sky because he's like clearing fish on his boat you gotta remember all the all of our super decks close. yeah they're super close but the deck of our boats look like Chuck E. Cheese with the balls but it's not balls it's salmon you're like waist deep buried in salmon like it's freaking so he's just like you're just like like the primal screaming yeah I was just in like this guy's just I, was, I just remember looking at him and being like Oh, we've lost our fucking minds, yeah. bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this That's is fucking epic. Yeah, you yeah, can't write out of Because I just remember the guy when I was like out there, I remember a captain had come over and he's like, bro, I bet you're tripping on like freaking this is nuts. It's nuts. Like, don't don't get wrong. Whatever. He's like, I tell you one thing, when the salmon run and that thing happens, he's like, it's it's like planet Earth, National Geographic. Like the it's the craziest shit you'll ever see in your life. And like it's kind of why I win. It's like, I'm an experienced guy. Like, I'm like, fuck, I want to go. You know what yeah, I mean? This like, isn't a career path. You just want to go no, check I'm it not, out, make some yeah. money, come I'm start your brand. Anybody. I'm not trying to fish. I just want to get a couple money and get some t-shirts. Let's get yeah. back to the You got to think, yeah. like, those that weather the storm buy their boats and they fucking, or yeah. that's their career. Everybody else is just fucking well, rotating every summer. Exactly. Like, like I'm, I'm the summer help at yeah. this point. You know well, what it's mean? gnarly because... You, the world shut down. There's nothing else you could do. And I, and you're not I did, selling and dresses. I, exactly. You're not and I didn't pearls. have any other option. And I just remember what was 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 really funny is that I remember I was in um, Anchorage and we were like at a Home Depot, like getting all the gear to go to fish. And I remember uh, my buddy Anthony Petruso. He does lessons. And Fuck, shit. I know yeah. Anthony. Yeah. So Anthony, he's all, he's, all, he's all, hey, like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm in Anchorage doing going fishing. He's all, what? He's all. Fuck, I was just going to tell you, like, freaking need some help doing lessons or whatever. And, all. and I just remember, like, there's no lessons, like, you know, whatever. And Fuller had called me right before or right after and was like, hey, you got any recommendations? Like, people that you know in L.A. that might want lessons, you know? So I just remember thinking, like, like that that probably should have been the, the sign, like, 
but don't get on this boat. Just go go to LA and do you know? But like, so it's right before you. Went. Yeah, I'd already kind of committed, and like, and so anyway, it's like you hooked Fuller up, and yes, yeah, so I go here, man. Call these couple numbers and freaking see what happens, you know. But I'm like, LA's closed, like no one's surfing because no one's really surfing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys remember, and, and yeah. people yeah. know, like whatever. So, anyways, I freaking end up on this freaking deal, and uh, we're clearing this set, bro, and we're just buried in fish, and I just everything just kind of hits me, bro, and, and we're just, like, clearing the net, and you're basically ripping fish out of the net, but you have to, like, finesse it, so you can't wear gloves, or else you'll tear your nets, and if you tear your nets, then you gotta stay up all night sewing them together. You have to together. take them out bare, bare-handed. barehanded, and you gotta flick them right out, just bam, 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 and freaking, uh, so your fingers, they actually swell up, they look like hot dogs, because your hands are so cold, and then they're working so hard, and they're, like, shredded from the, the net and stuff. Yeah. So anyways, we're freaking, you know, you can wear gloves, but our captain was old school, and he was like, no gloves, that rips the net, and then I got to stay up weaving it all night, so I was just like, whatever. So we're like, I just remember clearing the net, and this guy that I was working with, he just fucking, we kind of realized, like, like, I was all of a sudden faster at him, faster than him at doing the net, and he realized, like, you're the weak link, we're taking your percentage. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because like, we said the conversation before was that he was trying to like feel out who's going to be the stronger horse in this race, and and basically it was just like and then he just lost it. Like the net's coming in off of an electric drum, so fish are hitting the deck and freaking shits on you. Cannot pause, you know. And he just stops, and I'm still clearing the fish, and I'm just staring him in the eyes like, that's right, motherfucker. Like like I did not leave Kauai and give up everything to come up here and have some fucking tweaker. So probably right there, he's like, he starts screaming at me. He's like, Jesus hates the N-word, you know? Like, I'm not black, but like, I'm not, you know what I mean? But like, you understand. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. like, but I'm also like, I just, I had had enough. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like that word is just not, it's, it's not cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the world I live in, I don't want to hear, you know what I mean? It's just whatever. So like when they, they would say it constantly up there and I just, it just probably just like everything inside of me was just like, fuck that. And I just lie. I just looked at him. I was like, you know what? I was like, you know what I do in my fucking life? I pull into big barrels and I freaking travel the world and I hang out with chicks and I do cool shit. And like, this is your life. scrubs with like you and then, you know, and then he's just like, what? And he jumps on me, bro. I mean, I'm just like rolling and, you know, I was, I was bigger than the guy, so I kind of get the better of him. And he's like, he's underneath the salmon and I'm just cranking this dude. Well, the captain is He's as big as me, if not bigger, and his hands are fucking huge, and he's tough as fuck, right? So he jumps on me, and he like, we're all somewhere just all rolling in the sand. What like, the fuck? And I just, I just had enough. I just didn't even care. I was just like, fuck, and we're all kind of wrapped up in the net and shit, and then all of a sudden, the boat's about to sink, because, like, Alaska, you're on this, you're on these, like, they're not fjords, but they're, like, they're basically, like... You're coming into a riverbed, so yeah. it's like, and there's water moving. Yeah, like we're we're eight miles from shore, but the sandbar is only like twenty feet deep or something, or thirty feet deep. So the tide's going out super quick. So now freaking, we're gonna end up on a sandbank, and then you can get stuck for a day or two until the tide comes back in, right? So we like we can see the bank and the net and the fish, and this guy's fucking losing it, and he's just like, he's just you know he's saying all kinds of obscenities and whatever, and I'm just like. I'm like fuck you we throw him in the freaking cab and we get him in the cab and we close it up and the, and the captain's like dude we gotta just clear this fish and just get the fuck out of here this is crazy like you know we've lost our minds like pretty much like it was a full like lord of flies kind of moment just yeah. like holy shit like what are we doing out here you know and freaking right there we, how many times did you guys do that that happens every day you're clearing fish so you're working like right you're working like 14 16 hour days and then you're you know for six weeks you did that yeah Three so, weeks is when the fish. How much money did you make? I get to that, bro. 
So he freaking. Are you thirsty? So he freaking. Uh, do you mind if I take a piss real quick? Yeah, let me pause. So six weeks of that gnarliness. Yeah, so that we finish, we we basically are clearing the set, throw the guy in the freaking galley, and freaking we end up like we're clearing the deck, and then all of a sudden he comes out and he's butt fucking naked, and he freaking he jumps into the like jumps into the pile of salmon, and me and the captain look at each other like we have lost our fucking minds, bro. This guy is just like like he, like we're in Grandins, we look like deadliest catch workers. We're like yeah. fully you know, and all of a sudden this dude's like butt naked, and we're out about our boats about to sink and. He's like screaming at us, and we're just like, "Fuck!" So we have to like grab this guy, get him back in the in the in the galley or whatever. We we do that. We clear all the fish. We freaking we we get our nets. An hour of work, whatever. And then I'm just kind of like thinking in my head, like, "Fuck!" The next time we unload the boat, I'm jumping off this boat. This is it. Like I've had enough. Like like I don't care the amount of money, the amount like my my sanity and my dignity and just everything that I fucking stand for is like how many how many more weeks or days that are left in the season? There's probably like not that long. Like we're halfway through the run. The actual run's only like a ten to fourteen day stretch. So like we could have seven more days left. And like seven days to me seemed like eternity. I'm just like and I and like I said the guy at the crab boat had told me he's like oh we don't know what the price of the fish is. It could be only you know, 30 cents. So you guys could be, you know, my 20 grand that I thought or 30 grand I was going to make could be only like three or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, so I'm just like, okay. Anyways, we freaking, we're, we're, we go to start the boat. We're like, okay, we're done. Like freaking, you know, the guys like kind of going nuts. We're like, it's all good, man. We're going to get out of here. We go to start the boat and the boat won't start and freaking captain's like, what the hell? And they're like, there's like a hydraulic hose that you like use to rinse down the boat. It won't turn on. And I'm um, just like, what the freaking man? We look and somehow the engine cabin had been like, there was like light coming through, like the, like the deck had been opened. This fucking guy, when we were outside clearing the deck with all the fish, he jumped down there to cut all our hoses so that he was trying to sink the boat and freaking. He just went nuts. He went nuts. Yeah, you have these like, they're like, they're Vickies, like little Victoria, like fishing knives. He went down there and they, they cut like sushi. You know what I mean? There's like, he went down there and just cut through all the hoses. And fucking, we basically, captain goes down there. He's like, what the fuck? Our boat's going to sink. Like, I was, and that's when I just hit the walls. Like, bro, we're done. So we had to like, we basically had to hog tie this guy up and freaking captain kind of did what he had to do to get the boat in. And then we had to like, we, we motored in six hours and got to the freaking harbor and coast guard had to come pull this guy off our boat. And it was just a full scene, you know? Damn. Wow. Yeah. I just never forget bro. the captain looks at me and he's like, I don't even worry about it, bro. We'll get back out there and we'll get the fish. And I just think like, nah, bro, I'm done. He was just trying to rub it off. Like, don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Like, and like that was yeah. So just like I guess he the, needs somebody. The moral of the story was was what that rugby guy said. Is just like fucking live in your existence. You know, give up hope. Sometimes in your life you gotta just like live in the moment, whatever that moment is. I guess. So are you telling me you didn't get paid? So when you walk off the boat, <laughs> you don't get. You only get. A four percent of your ten percent so when i left i i i thought i was gonna make 20 and i ended up making like 2500 and it took the guy like three months to pay it to me <laughs> like i so i basically left there and was like wow yes i got into the harbor at um knock neck in freaking king salmon and i got off the boat and I, you gotta remember i haven't showered i'm covered in blood fish blood i'm just like like we're laying in these little coffin freaking death beds you know what i mean like all i would dream about after working all day is you'd be like bah like you're only getting like two or three hour naps tops maybe like if if that in between sets you know we're getting seasick at all or no you're just you're just running on hope at this point you're just like fuck and i just remember all i would dream about 
is just getting a baby wipe and just wiping my face and then wiping my nuts. And that was it. <laughs> I just dream of that. I work all fucking day and be like, oh, bro, I can't wait. Like, oh, that baby wait. wipe. Like, that baby wipe felt like Ritz Carlton. I'm just like, fuck, this is amazing. <laughs> that is your shower. Yeah, just like, oh. <laughs> so, anyways, you remember that climb off the boat, bro. I'm like, I got fish scales in my hair. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm. What was the captain saying? Dude, you can't leave. Oh, he's just like, what are you going to do? Go to Malibu and fucking, you know, drive around a Tesla. Just saying all kinds of crazy shit. I'm all, fuck, yeah, I'm going to go sauna and ice, bro. I'm out of here. Like, I'm freaking, you know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe uh, COVID's ended and shit's back on or whatever. And, and anyways, the, the ending of the story is I freaking, I ended up leaving. I walked like three miles up the road. I had to like sleep in these, I had to like climb up in this like, kind of like cement bunker thing because there's bears and there's wolves and freaking the airport's like far away and like you're kind of in the middle of nowhere people don't realize like there's a harbor but there's no people live there there's no houses you know what i mean it's like yeah. it's just a harbor and it's an industrial area and that's it you know you sleep on your boat if you don't have a boat to sleep and then you go to the airport but i was in this weird time where i kind of had left my boat so i didn't have a boat to sleep on and the airport was too far that night so i slept in this bunker and it's like freaking you know, 35, 40 degrees at night or whatever the fuck it was, freezing. I have like every hoodie, I have like three hoodies and pants. And I just remember laying there kind of thinking like, bro, when I get back to civilization, like there's no more excuses. We're not like, anytime someone asks for a lesson, we're not going to cry about the whitewash, bro. We're fucking getting ball rash and whatever we got to do to freaking yeah. do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, the yeah. Just, thing that you could possibly Yeah, I was just like, I was like, you know, and I freaking, I just remember I freaking get on the plane and I'm like, I freaking get to LAX and I get to Malibu to my friend's house and I roll up there and I'm just like, like I'm, I'm disgusting. My clothes just need to be burned. Did you go to Anthony Petrusso's or that no, lady? I went to this lady's house yeah. in Malibu at Little Doom and she was like, holy shit. And I just kind of freaking for like, you know, it wasn't like I came, like everyone was working. Everyone had already like kind of like, like the world had kind of opened back up a little bit and you know, and then I kind of had to like. I had to start over, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't have any clients because people were already kind of yeah. like, where was Tevo? He was in Alaska, right on, buddy. Like, and Anthony and those, Anthony's like, dude, everyone's kind of got someone. So I, it just like, I was like, okay. So I got really lucky and I kind of like met met some people and started working. And then I kind of like, like I, I knew my chick already, but my, my girlfriend now, but, um, but you know, I kind of like, got together with her and then I kind of realized like, you know what, like, like Kauai has changed. You're not going back there. You know what I mean? During COVID, so many new people had moved over and kind of made, kind of changed the dynamic of where we lived a little bit. I'm not going to lie. You know what I mean? It really much. And a lot of things too is a lot of these people came to Kauai and they didn't really need to integrate into the community the way that my mom did when she moved there, you know, like, like you freaking move there. They were really like, isolated because they were just... Yeah, know. they could just shop at Costco and they worked online and all their buddies had moved from somewhere else too. So like we'd go down to the beach and like they all knew each other. Like we didn't know them, but they all knew each other. And it kind of like, I don't know, it was like almost weird. It's like almost like you became a visitor in your own hometown. What you know? a trip. And I know, and I know all my like, people, it, it is, it is what it is. So I kind of was just felt like... Frick, I'm a displaced Polynesian kind of. I'm like freaking, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm gonna do this thing. So now I'm like, you know, my my, my girlfriend is like, I'm, I'm really fortunate. She's 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 from Paris, but um, she's French, but lives here. In, Look at in you, got a thing for Frenchy ladies. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, and she's gorgeous and super cool, and and you know, and she's already got two kids, and now we have a beautiful daughter together, um, Rai, and we're kind of doing life. And like, like I was saying before we got on, it's like, if someone took my life and put it on a piece of paper and was like, Hey, you're going to like live in Hollywood and you're not really going to surf and you're going to freaking have a chick that already has kids and you're going to have a kid and you're not going to travel the world anymore. You're kind of just going to work and like have this brand and try really hard. Like I would have been like, 
Right, you're out of your fucking mind, bro. Like, I got a moped in Bali waiting for me. You know what I mean? Like, but now I realize, like, I am in the happiest time of my life. And so, yeah. like, yeah, this wrap it up is, I, I guess, is... Um, Everything, you know, culminated. Every, like, like, I feel like right now with my brand, and this is, this is kind of what I meant by this, is that they say 9 out of 10 businesses freaking survive, right? Well, this is my 10th one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it all I got. So that's why, like... I hate to get all weird, but it's like, that's what it is. It's like, I'm, I'm like every, every mistake and every door that closed on me kind of got me to where I am right now. And that's why like right now it's like, we're building a brand and we're like doing it the right way. And we are building it with friends and we got cool people and a cool product. And I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like me and you kind of talked a few months ago when, yeah. when Pat had put us together, it's like the surf industry might be falling apart. If people say that or whatever, or people have like their feelings of how the surf industry is or whatever, but it's like surfing's still just as cool as it ever was. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It'll always be. And it's and it always will be the coolest shit ever. And like yeah, pe- how people come and go, but the the, the, the core, yeah, the core ingredient yeah. is still cooking hot and it's yeah. killer and the best surfing is still happening out there and and how surfers get paid is very different. I mean, like I just told you my whole story is like like I got, you know, I got to surf my whole life and I got to get really barreled and I got to be there for killer swells and I did it without a sticker on the front of my board. I got to, and now I get to do it with my own sticker on my board and I don't know. It's just kind of what I believe right now. It's like, I was just, like I said, when I first sat down, it's like, um, well, it's American dream, you know, and it's, it's like your, you know, it doesn't matter what industry you're in or what your passion is, you know, they're common denominators, like, you know, like. Hard work and passion. Hard work and, and following your passion and doing something that you're proud of, but yeah. you're also like involving people that are are uplifting and you want to involve as well. You know, mm-hmm. like it's a it's like your little community in Hanalei, it's like you still have that mindset. It's just mm-hmm. you're relocated somewhere else and there's different people in that like mix. For sure. You know? So right now, Black Bear. Yeah. What you started it a while ago. It's, 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 I started a while ago, but we're kind of just hitting our stride right now. Yep. And we have like our little Grom team, which I'm really proud of. And, you know, we've got like my friend's daughter, Kaylea Galena, and she's surfing chopes and she's getting waves. And our, our, our kid, Zachy Taylor, is the kid that's doing those wave pool airs. And I got Legend and Mononalu Chandler, the, the two boys from Kauai that have been surfing pipe. And, you know, they're on the Ruka program or whatever. But, you know, the, the pads is the pads and the softboards is the product and the apparel and stuff. Like, yeah, my hopes and dreams is to build that into something right now. But yeah. but right now it's like we're sticking to what we know, you know, and like like my first employee, I guess you wanna call it, is like I got cheeseburger as our sales rep and I know we're not following any of the rules, but like the conversations that we have just about like how we think this is gonna work out, it's hilarious. Like we're yeah. you know what I mean? Like we're eating yeah. shit and we're enjoying it and I I don't even know. It's like it's like like when I sat down with, with, with Pat from, from Ruka and he was like, he's like, you know, it's not so much about making the money. It's kind of like, what are your goals? And I, and, and like, what do you see this thing turning into and where do you want it to end up? And I, and I realized is like in my life is I've always been about the experience. I've never been about how I land on my feet. And I feel like this brand has been an extension of that. So like, I think the Black Bear Surf Club, it's more just the thing of like, like we call ourselves like a collective of edge writers and like that's kind of what I think is like it's all people who kind of just like we don't really know what's going on or we don't really know where we're going to end up but right now it's like I just want to keep my finger on the pulse and if that's like surfing 40 foot jaws and trying to paddle into waves and that's super sick and you know I've been able to do that and watch guys that ride for me like Billy Kemper with my own two eyes be like holy shit this is crazy and I've also got to like surf Tahiti and like I just had a crazy trip where we took everyone down there and and 
for that toe swell that Surfline kind of went live for or whatever. And it's just like all these experiences, like, I don't know, last time I checked, like surfer, surf brands are for surfers. So like, why not just have real surfers involved trying to do it? You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. And I'm not, I, and like, I know everyone's kind of like, like, yeah, the surf industry has turned into some corporate guys, but they also know how to run businesses. So that's yeah. why they're doing the businesses. Like right now, it's like, I'm just focused yeah. on like, trying to get in get in the in the mix you know yeah there's mean? there's room for you know there's, up always, and coming. there's always room yeah you know and and like you said staying authentic and and on the pulse and just you know like i mean people you know there's brands that come and go and you know sometimes it's money and partnerships and you know yeah. there's a million reasons why brands go but there's one reason why brands stay and it's staying authentic mm-hmm. and staying core genuine. and genuine and yeah. like and uplifting and being a part of the community, whether it's yeah. doing events and, and stoking out Groms and, you know. So Burger is your rep. Yeah. Yeah, Burger Burger's like our unofficial, like, like that's that's what we're doing. You know what I mean? Because I've, I've, seen, I've oh. seen Black Bear at Surfride, right? Yes, yes. And who's the other shops at so, so far? So we do Surfride, Val Surf here in California. Um we do uh, Becker up in Malibu, and then in Kauai, we do all the shops there. Um, we got Auto Flores that's doing Puerto Rico and doing like some WRV shit. Epic. And then um, I got Mike Gleason doing New Jersey, a couple Sick. shops. Like it's it's very small, but like it sounds f- cliche, but like I, like the idea of the brand was is I wanted it to be my friends, and then even doing business moving forward, as I kind of wanted it to be people that like subscribe to the tribe that we're doing. You know what I mean? I know that like business is about doing numbers but right now it's like i want to just start with it in like a meaningful i don't know just yeah. pick like yeah. like shops that i would actually go and visit like why don't we try to get in those shops first you know what i mean like i i kind of came with the idea like okay like we're gonna unload this container and we're just gonna start sh- you know walking into shops and getting stuff and me and reef got like rudely awakened we're like oh okay so it's not like that you don't just like roll in with a killer product and people are like yeah we'll put it on our shelf it's like there's a there's a formality to this yeah. business and there's relationships yeah. that need to be formed and there's people that you need to like kind of like but everybody starts doing that out exactly of the, out, of, out of the freaking trunk you know and moving grassroots driving up grassroots driving yeah. up exactly but. that's why so it's like for me it's like like i just told you my whole story is like I didn't spend my whole life sitting on the shoulder. I've always yeah. been a guy that's tried to take off behind the peak. So like with this brand is like, I know what you're talking about. This guy has no idea what you're talking about. Don't alienate me. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, 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 like I said, it's like if I can inspire people to just keep doing what they're doing and, and that's cool. And like with me, it's like, that's what we're doing. Like we're, we're, we're trying to take off behind the peak. And I think in life, like if you're not doing that, then I don't know. You're not living. You, yeah, exactly. Like it's not about how you how you land. It's how I mean. It's not about how you take off. It's how you land. So it's just yeah. give it a go. Like don't regret it. You know. Like I I do say that is like is like you miss one hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. And yeah. That I think is what causes cancer when you're old. Is the regrets that you look back and go, "Fuck, man, should have went on that trip." Should have went. Yeah. It's like. It's yeah. like, I don't know. And I do feel like I have some people in my life where they kind of got to squeeze the bag all the way and they, they got pretty fulfilled. And now it's like yeah. you get to have a kid and you get to redo that whole trip again. So 
I don't know, like even coming down here today, I was like, I was, I was super pressured. I was like, I know that it's not like a huge, it's not Joe Rogan or something, but I was like, whoa, God. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> no, I mean, like, I was like, I was like, I was like, it just sounded funny because I, like, I went, how down, dare you? Yeah. People were like, where are you going? And I was like, oh, I'm going to, to, to late Maybe. night with Chalky and guys were like, whoa, whoa, that's cool. And I was like, I was like, oh, fuck, like, what am I going to talk about? Yeah, we're kind of a big deal, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I really you know, appreciate but you guys. We appreciate you. And man, I mean... We got to get... Based, we got to get his... Um, based on your, your stories, like, I mean, you've, you've had one interesting, interesting... You use that sunscreen? Story. Is that shade? Yeah. Shade sunscreen, baby. Boom. Shout out to Strider. The lotion. Our, our favorite surf instructor. Strider. Hola. Uh, we got new hats. Yes. No, I kind of feel, though, like... Uh, just, just to like say it, it's just oh, like, is uh, because I am in 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 the idea of like I'm building the the clothing and, and the business yeah. or whatever. But I've been building the brand my whole life, you know. And that's kind of I guess like sitting here and talking with you guys is like I know that I fully just freaking took you guys down the long path. Yeah. I guess that's what the brand is. The brand is how I got to get here and I'm, I'm trying to build a platform for late night with Chalky Hat, right. brother. Sick. There we go. And then oh, uh, to my size. we got Bonsai Bowl. Whoa, yeah. What is this, like a contest giveaway? Yeah, this is like it, a girl man. the contest. Yeah, you can take the koozie. We got the koozie. That's from uh, Left Coast Novelties. It hooks us up on our hats and koozies. And okay, okay. Stickers for the, the computer. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And then uh, I'm going to give you, when we walk outside, uh, we're sponsored by Bonsai Bowl. Yep, we got so, some codes out there that they're located. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, down, here. down south. Yeah, um, amazing. Thanks, Joe Bard and Bonsai family. But I gotta um, give a plug to ne- Neon, neon Wave. Wave. Uh, this neonwave.com. This is neonwave.com. Is after, uh, with the fifty dollar wow, purchase. Butchered. Fifty dollar purchase. The fact that these aren't pre-recorded is amazing. Yeah, like, I give you like I was like even when so, I did the introduction, I was so like, "Whoa, not even pre-recorded." Neon like, Wave is giving away a this late night is with Chalky NeonWave.com. Yeah, spend They're fifty get, bucks, get a late night yeah. with Chalky Hat if you type in our promo code at checkout. And thank you to Boom. Shoots Beer. Shoots. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I love Shane, it. I love it. Shane Magnuson. Cheers. Cheers. Chris slowly. Yes, thank we you just guys. opened up a new uh, shoots uh, in Carlsbad. Damn. Yeah, they're Killing growing. Uh, Ashton Hard Seltzer. Yeah. Uh, but Village we're gonna of Spirits. Have, yeah. Love uh, who else? Uh, Caballero Pools, Pools and, spas. and Spas. Yeah. You see the pool? Yeah. Earth, <laughs> Earth Pack. Uh, they make packaging. See, we got we for get, all the you know, business we're just needs. It. We're like sponsored oh, a yeah. two-year-old. Do you know how I know when you guys sell out is when you're going to be like, Athletic Greens. Like, oh, man, the boys sold out. Wait, wait, wait. Do you, know, do you know who they are? <laughs> <laughs> can, you get, can, you, can you hook us up? Do they have a rep? Dude, yeah, this has been amazing. We got to get you back on because I mean, we could definitely dive into. Well, I feel like the story will be better next time. Too. Yeah, we'll Tra- no, <laughs> we're gonna add on second chapter next time we get you on and talk about wave pools and maybe some some big wave, uh, you know, yeah, surfing yeah, yeah. and stuff. And 
and being part of Northern LA Board Riders Club. Yeah, we're working. Because you've been on you've that. been there at least eight years. Yeah, yeah. I think you've going been there nine for years. a long time. I'm working on my little doom training and yeah. Oh, dude, and I work for Rivia Projects, and as a token of our appreciation, they, uh, you know, off camera we were talking about how you, uh, dude, you. Uh, Gave us some props and uh, told Honolulu Surf and Backdoor Surf to come check us out at Surf Expo. So, dude, Amazing. you're Amazing. fucking. You're I listening. love the gear. Like yeah. I said, I live in the shorts. You know he's got sample size, bro. <laughs> no, he's. I got him the right <laughs> stuff, dude. Oh, amazing. Dude. Whoa, hooked up. It's, dude. Like, it's like I'm sponsored. Dude, here. you're super sponsored. I got you a couple trunks. There you some go. Tees, some Rivia Project socks. Amazing. Bro. Amazing. Aren't you glad you came on the podcast? I got hooked up. <laughs> I appreciate it. Dude, really good talking to you. So trash. good. Yeah. So Thank good. Don't waste your time. Not even, man. It's epic. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. All right. Peace out. Peace. Bonsai Bulls. Hands down the best bulls, period. Seven locations. Two in Hawaii. Five in Southern California. Bonsai Bulls. Go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill. Clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You could also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen, the best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen, it's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams, for our awesome artwork, and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.